So when do we get to meet her? Oh, please let it be soon. That's for me. Hi. You promise to be good? Of course I'll be good. Seriously, please be good. Am I normally not? Hey, Knives, this is Stephen Stills. He's the talent. Hey. Is she gonna geek out on us? She'll just sit in the corner, man. I mean, I want her to geek out on us. She'll geek. She geeks. She has the capacity to geek. Okay. Okay, let's start with Launchpad McQuack. Uh, that's not the actual title of this. We are Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that levels up, at least when it says so on the tin. We're best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Ethan. And I'm Georgia. Hey, and I'm not going to lie, this is take two of this. (laughs) And we didn't lose Liam after the first take. Liam's a little bit delayed with a project, and he will join us in progress. But we don't want to delay any further because we have an appointment in just a little bit with one James DeGuzman. Goose, goose. Yeah, we decided that... uh, if Maverick can have goose, then the BFE can have goose. <laughs> That's the highlights from the, from, the, from the first take. You didn't miss anything much beyond that. We're here to do episode number 170, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yay. Ching, ching, sounds of coins as you jump through them. Um, and I'll tell you what felt like it had value. And that's what we did last week on the BFE. I want to talk about last week. We did Benny and June in an episode that might best be served as BFE after dark. Um, check that out for one of our more, uh, our less constrained episodes. I'll say that if you missed it, it might be worth it for the, uh, for the performances of the cast alone, of which I'm the only one who was here last week who is currently here this week. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you who's with us every week and that is our friends of the podcast i'm talking about julene hermes james de guzman lena oberholzer ensign ian davies chris peterson randall what's your handle silva dwayne smith the yeetmeister reverend bruce nate the great andy dixon holly callan cheesy with a fish on a bike richard like, he doesn't get a woo? I don't, I don't know. I, I, well, I thought you were going to do so. I didn't know if he had a thing. Woo! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what Liam does. It's been four weeks. The cool cat himself. <laughs> Ryan Kukets. Ryan Kukets, yeah, sorry. Kukets <laughs> and it's a big welcome, 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 welcome to Chris Dykstra, the newest member in the Patreon pool. Woo! Chris, woo, woo, woo. Chris, you got to get hold of us. You got a Twitter account. We got to get you into the group chat, buddy. Yeah. So that's step one. But... Welcome, 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 welcome. And we do say that as a bit of a gimmick at the start with the five welcomes, but I think it really also expresses the level of gratitude whenever somebody decides they want to help support the podcast. Keep it coming to everybody out there. And whenever someone says, I find value in this, I'm willing to help contribute in a very real and financial way. Yeah. That is humbling. So thank you very much to Chris Dykstra. Uh, I believe Canadian Chris Dykstra. Yeah, I believe. I think so. Might call him Canada's own Chris Dykstra. This is this is a very Canadian episode. I mean, to be I'm fair, realizing. James de Guzman's Canada's own. Yeah, and of course, the film we're doing today Canada's has own. massive, massive links to, to Canada. So, uh, but what else did we do last week? I'm glad you asked that with your uh, silent but clearly accurate facial 
um, query. Yes. And that would what be. What did we do last week? I wasn't here. Well, you were here when we did Friends of the Podcast. Yes, I did do that. The one with all the poker. Yes. So go ahead and check that one out. And then Liam and I did a see it or skip it on air, the movie that depicts Nike. Uh, back in the 1980s, trying to bring Michael Jordan on as their spokesperson. Or just, you know, Nike. No, oh, it is not. The, the movie, <laughs> about what we talk about, the movie clearly tells us it is Nike. Yeah, but I will never pronounce it Nike no, but the because founder, it's not a fucking bikey. The founder. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. But the founder of GIF calls them GIFs. Not the founders aren't always right. Let's be honest. Look at America. The hang founders on, aren't on. always right. Here's the thing. If you want me to call it Adidas, which I will, which I will, because I believe it's the accurate one. Yeah. Then it's also Nike. We had a end of the debate right from the horse's mouth. We got it's from well, right from Ben Affleck playing the horse's mouth. We got told it was Nike because it's the Greek goddess of, of of victory, and that's what they call it in Greece, and therefore that's what wins. So, with that in mind, uh, that's all the stuff that we had coming up for you uh, last week. I don't know what we're doing this week on Friday, and I haven't quite decided. I'm sure there's something in, in, in my brain that I haven't quite got to yet, but. Watch this space for what might be coming out from the BFE. Get a hold of our Twitter at Best Film of Her Pod. Definitely the best way to keep up and at them with all the goings and the comings. Yeah. Yeah. Of the BFE. All right. So uh, if you're interested and you want to be a cool cat like Ryan Kukets, if you want to be like a fish on a bike with cheesy. <laughs> Or if you want to do as much as um, James DeGuzman is doing today and joining us for the end game, and he's going to have the BFE questionnaire coming at him What's today. What's the BFE questionnaire? Uh, we did it with Hermes. Were you on when Hermes was on last? Nope. Okay, then you're going to experience the BFE questionnaire. <laughs> Uh, as soon as I remember where it is and to print it off again. It's I thought I had it. I like it. I like it. So um, we're going to see how Chris does with the BFE. Sorry, not Chris. James does the BFE questionnaire. But if you want to know how you can be involved in any of those levels, it is patreon.com slash BFE. We kept it simple for you, and we really want to thank all those names at the start. It's not just a gimmick. Thank you for helping us bring this to everybody. Whoop, whoop. All right. So um, we're going to be a little bit short, a little bit more streamlined on some of the things. A, because James is coming on. Yeah. And B, yeah. because I was away all week. And well, sort of half weekend, half into a week. It was, it was, it was the much advertised multi-day stag do that we talked about. I think on last <laughs> week's episode. So, uh, because of that, a few things, was, but we do have reflections and corrections, and it's just one. And apparently, I called James Julian twice or so last week. Oh. So, there's a mistake. I think I'm But it might be that horrendous of a mistake. Julian de Guzman is a is a player on Canada's national uh, soccer team, oh. football team, oh. whatever you want to call it, <laughs> relative to all our major markets. But yeah, yeah. So uh, the idea that we have a name starts with a J and ends with de, de, de Guzman was uh, quite. It was easy for me to slip into that mistake. Maybe he's related. Maybe he is. Uh, I will ask. <laughs> uh, so there we are. Um, so that is it for our functions correction. Shout outs. I mean, the big shout out of the week just goes to um, goes to Chris Dykstra for joining the Patreon pool. So yeah. thanks a tremendous amount. Uh, I am just looking today for a last check here of uh, GIF of the Week because we're jumping right to that, basically. GIF of the Week. Yeah, GIF of the Week. So. <laughs> Girth the work. Liam's a lot better at vamping while I'm looking for stuff than you seem to be right now. Yeah, I'm not very good at vamping. 
I'm not a vampire. <laughs> Georgia, tell us about your, how it feels to be done your show. <laughs> I'm sad. I'm probably why I'm sad and tired and a little bit sleepy drunk right now because um, when we were doing the show, the show week, I did not sleep to a usual regular pattern. Um, it kind of became, I woke up around, we did a couple of nights where we didn't go to bed until about three just because we were so zapped and pumped. Um, and then we would get up at right, I'd get up about 10, 11, have some breakfast, write my uni essay, and then put my makeup on and then wait for the dog sitter to come and then go straight to cats. And it kind of just repeated a little bit like that. The Saturday morning, we uh, didn't go to bed until about half two. And then, bless her, Annie, who I was staying with, who was doing most of the cast makeup, which is a massive undertaking for um, a show like Cats, was up at eight doing her makeup so she could be at the theatre for 10 to go and do everyone else's for a two o'clock show. Um, I had a little bit more time because obviously I wasn't, I did my own face, so I didn't have to kind of wait for um, Annie and those sorts of things. But it was a long one. The Saturday was a big, big day. Like I said, we had a show at two and we also had a show at seven. So we didn't get a massive gap in between. Um, But yeah, it was amazing. I really, really enjoyed it. Very sad that it is all done. It happened very, very, very quickly. Um, But yeah, it was lots of fun. We had lots of really, really lovely feedback, which was good. Um, and yeah, just excited to do another show. Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, now that I have that ready, I'm ready for BFE Random Words. So that was painting last week. The word was painting. We had submissions from David from Scriptical, who had two members, I believe this is the Monty Python cast, eating a painting. We've got <laughs> Russell Osborne, who does know my sort of secret sort of uh, area. He's got Bray Wyatt painting a picture. <laughs> nice. Well done. Um, we've got um, Josh from Next Different Movie, who did one about from Seinfeld, someone who clearly gets me as well, where um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is asking David Putty, played by, I forget what his name is, but he, but he plays Kronk on Empress oh, of the Groove. Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton. That's it. Uh, Warburton. Is he, yeah. uh, in this country, it's Warburton, because that's a brand of crumpet, isn't it? Bread, yeah. 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 Bread. But, but, but yeah, the, the, the spacings where Ethan had it. War Burton. Um, but anyway, he paints his face because he's a New Jersey devil. So that's what we have there. <laughs> um, we've got, uh, oh, I've gone back into previous into previous goes here. Uh, I'm just making sure if I'm right. Oh, no, I've lost the rest of my. Oh, uh, there was one, and oh, it's going to be. See, every now and then I make someone unhappy, and that's going to happen this week, I think. Uh oh. Yeah, it's happening, people. It's not just you. It's it's other people. It's not as just well. me. No, <laughs> and so it's been three weeks. I mean, come on. Um, where are we at here? I might not be unhappy this week. Um, do 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 do. do. Where is it? Uh, Ian scrolls through. Is the official? Here it is. Looking for. Um, there was one submitted by our favorite troll, Step Taylor. Ooh, and it was a picture of Jesus from The Big Lebowski. Um, cleaning his bowling ball in front as if he's Jesus in the picture of a Last Supper. <laughs> I like that. But what don't you see on his entry, George, of it you see in the one below it? Uh, the hashtag. The hashtag BFE oh, random you word. That picky this week. Which we determined was an essential element one Uh-oh. had to have. So my win for gift of the week goes to David from Scriptical for the Monty Python people eating a painting. Fair. Yeah. 
I think that's a good one. So there we are. So uh, let this be a life. It would have won anyway. Let it be a life lesson. Put hashtag BFE random word on your uh, stuff. Uh, no entry from Hermes. So I assume that's rigged. I don't know. I must have set up. So he, his internet connection failed or some nonsense like that. So <laughs> blocking his phone data all week. Uh, Ethan, I'm going to need your uh, help on this one because I'm going to ask, that's why me. not? Why not give us a review? Ooh. Apple or Spotify? I hear five stars is a nice number. Five is a magic number look he's trying so hard to like earn his way back i'm trying i mean i feel like i have to earn my way back because i don't like having so much time off but i mean then i remember ethan and then i feel a bit better so. yeah. oh. um, <laughs> can we talk about this for two minutes the first was going to be cats and i went and saw cats your, your performance in it um if you want more on it we do go into it for about 10 minutes i think yeah. We talk about what post-show blues are yeah. uh, on our Friends of the Podcast. It's all in the opening 15 minutes. Yeah. So even if you don't want to listen to the rest of the episode, you can listen to that and hear a whole bunch about it. But you were very good. Thanks. You were very good. Saw you. Saw a student I used to teach doing the lead. Yeah. He was excellent. Uh, it was good to see him doing what he is so passionate about. Yeah. That's always fulfilling. Um, but um well, there's no but uh unfortunately they come to these concentrated moments of impact and ethan you can definitely re- refer to this because like most people who've ever been on this podcast you're in my, my production of 12th night <laughs> <laughs> the one thing i think each of the people who've actually sat around the table at one point have had in common yeah did richard tech 12th night i'm not sure he did he helped he would help he us carry helped. stuff and yeah, yeah. things like that uh but i think everybody else who's actually ever sat down around the table has at was at has been in twelfth night in some capacity or another, but you get to this point where you're ready to put on the show. And Georgia shared a story while I was trying to find something about living with people and that. that so yeah. it becomes really concentrated. You become a little society. I mean, society is kind of a fun yeah. thing because we call ourselves Amdram societies, but it does become a little like um, eco culture. Yeah, for, for, a, for a for tiny that little weeks. baby civilization. Yeah, yeah, mm. and that's a good way to put it. And and then as it hits its most impactful, its most saturated. Yeah. You flick a switch and it's over. It's not even like 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 fade out like a no. fader. Like I have a huge it issue. Whatever I go and see live productions of anything, and people just turn music off. I'm like, no, fade it out. There's a fader yeah. there. Use it. It always sounds. It always sounds. We would say in this country, pants. <laughs> when you just switch it off, it sounds amateur. And it feels pants when everything just gets to- torn away when yes. you finish a show to the point that I then went on tuesday and helped take all of the staging and stuff down because i just i wanted to be back in that chasing it yeah yeah. uh my next one my mega stag not mine my friend's mega stag i say is this something we need to be knowing because i feel like we would have been on it if it was your mega (laughs) stag not gonna lie i left on thursday i went to blackpool then on friday i went to liverpool on Saturday, I stayed in Liverpool, but spent the day at the Grand National. So that was my weekend. So Blackpool is, it's a seaside resort. Uh, if you're in England, you know what Blackpool is. If you're yeah. in the States, uh, if you're a wrestling fan, you know it is the town that William Regal uh, presents himself to be from. I did ask him for some advice, but he didn't get back to me. <laughs> um, but it really is, like, seaside towns don't necessarily have the best reputations, it's like the Vegas of seaside towns. It's not. Well, it's, it's, it's I, like, think it's, it's, I think it's closer to like Atlantic City. Okay, Atlantic cool. City is like the dodgy one. Yeah, fair. And Blackpool is. Although Blackpool it's is the biggest of the dodgy ones, but but the idea being that it's it's not it's, it's not classy. 
Oh God, no. Whereas Vegas has classy, like, like at least they dress it up so it looks like it. Like, yeah, look, no, that's those fair. are sophisticated-looking institutions they've got there. Yeah, there's a bad part of Vegas, but there is, yeah. or the old part is, but there's a really slick new part. Blackpool has no really big slick part, which is why it's more like Atlantic City. Other than the Madame Tussauds. Okay. <laughs> I bet you Reno's got a Madame Tussauds. But anyway, yes, yeah. it is the biggest of the kind of, you know, peaked in the 70s oh, good. kind yeah, of yeah, towns. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I love a sea- I love a British seaside town. Had a great town. time. There's nothing Had quite a great like a time. British seaside town. Uh, found myself at two in the morning enjoying the best kebab wrap I'd ever had. Yeah, that sounds about right. That was the highlight. I don't do well when things turn into clubs. No. Bar- pubs? Love pub culture. But anything that stops me from being able to talk, I know, right? Shocking. But anything that takes that away from me makes it go really, really bad in my sort of regard. So I, uh, I was very glad to get out of the, out of, out of the club environment, away from the, and very glad to just sit and just have a chat with some friends and eat a kebab at two in the morning on a street corner in Blackpool. So there we go. Um, and then Friday went to Liverpool proper and spent most of the day at the Cavern Club. Love the Cavern Club. The famous restoration of the Beatles' old residential uh, venue. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So mostly built on the same location as the previous Cavern Club. Um. Sorry, I just can't. You're, you're typing the whole way through. What, what do you do? I'm doing the. I'm doing a new form so I can actually keep track of the Patreon birthdays because I feel really guilty that I keep missing them. And it's right. one of the things we promised, so I'm just doing it. She's doing it whilst whilst we're on air. I'm fully paying attention to you. I do. Keep, that's why I've only managed to write about four words in thirty minutes because I'm I'll, trying, I'll, I'm I'll throw it at Ethan more often. No, it's fine. I'm concentrating. I just want to get this done. Um, so I went on the mega So uh, I went to the Cavern Club. Yeah. So it was great. They, if you, if a, if you're in England and you've never been to the Cavern club oh my god uh, i will say this you shot a music video there once Georgia. i did yeah he said i can't cool. throw this to you no. <laughs> um so it was cool to spend literally we rocked up and i went okay because it's been very like we're doing this then we're doing this then we're doing this then we're doing this i said what are we doing after this and they went oh no we're, we're here for the day so we had like a stamp and we could come yeah. and go as we please. So, you know, I wanted some breakfast. So I went to Greg's, which is just like a little Tim Hortons sort of level eatery, I guess. Got some breakfast and came back and spent the day at the Cavern Club. There's there's the Cavern Club itself, which is the restoration of the venue they played at. Yeah. And then off to the side, they've acquired some, some more land or some more uh, space. And they have the Cavern Lounge. And you would not think you could have two acts both playing like super loud music in the same open space. But you can. The one doesn't really bleed into the other. It's a, it's a, it's amazing. Oh, the advantage of brick. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, and had a great time and spent almost all day there. Um, and that was fantastic. And then Saturday I went to the Grand National, and the Grand National is England's biggest horse race, I believe. And the, like the part which I either didn't remember or didn't get or it all mixed together is this is the one where they jump over. Uh, hedges and things like this. So if you remember the dog hunting sequence from Mary Poppins with the <laughs> cartoons, you've got the idea. But then imagine the cartoon horses crashing into each other as they jumped and landing without riders on the ground that they're not supposed to and then replace the animation with real horses and it gets a little bit more serious. Yeah. And there was, it was a big protest and it was, it was weird for a couple of reasons. Number one, everybody gets dressed up like they're upper class. 
Yeah. <laughs> which is this really weird thing that we were told dress to impress. And I'm like, all right. First off, I, I brought the thinnest sole shoes because they looked dressed to impress. <laughs> and then we stood on this uh, in North America. I'd say tarmac. I don't know what you'd say here. Tarmac's acceptable. Tarmac? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on an incline. Yeah. And we're standing. Now, that's so everybody can see. I get this. But the way it distributes your weight on your feet, you need to choose the right shoe. So any woman who wore a a high heel or a chunk of any sort, the people who were selling flip-flops made a killing. (laughs) You're like in a permanent Michael Jackson smooth, like, you know what he does? Yeah, like that sort of permanent lead. You're not wrong. And so I'm sitting there going, why are we so... But what is this this need to like pretend you're upper class? And so what you had was you had a bunch of people who were working class pretending to be upper class. And there's nothing there's nothing wrong with dressing to look nice, but it was just imitating upper class behaviors. But then you had the legitimately upper class people. I saw one person going around going, "Oh, they're being vulgar." <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, they probably were. They were being vulgar because after about <laughs> two hours, I couldn't take any more the pressure on my feet. I want to have to go sit down. And I walked, I got down, I walked forever to the very, I kept going right and right and right and right. And I reached the end, and it's a massive complex. I reached the end of where it actually ended. I have to leave the park. So then I went back left the way I came, over travel past where I came in, and then kept looking left. Finally found like a beer garden kind of thing that had a step up to the canopy where you would buy the drinks and i saw one guy sitting on the side of the step up on the one side i'm like totally stealing your idea <laughs> sat on the left and was like i'll sit here for 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 one race i sat there for two hours and couldn't have been happier <laughs> i you know I went on Skybet. I put 10 quid on. I thought it's part of the, part of the thing. So I was able to watch the race because when you, when you place a bet on Skybet, they will give you the rights to risk their sky. They, they're showing yeah, everything. Yeah. So they will show me the footage of, of, of the race, which was, and you know what? When you're in the, the stands, you can't hear what the announcer's saying. Like you can hear him more, yeah, but yeah. that's really been directed towards the seated area. Which that I believe Where the, the really price point was like, sit. I think it was 270 pounds or something like that. To yeah. watch horses fall over themselves. Yeah. To if watch you horses want to see. Oh, compete to God. the fact that they die. Yeah. It's not, yeah. not great. No. Nah. So, yeah. That was uh, not a goal there. So there was that. And then, uh, then I did go back and sort of whatever. But while I was sitting there, as I just showed up, barely able to walk like because it wasn't just your feet because then the, it goes to your back and then it goes to your hips and then it goes to your uh, whatever these muscles are on your legs right here they, they beat your thighs yeah i don't believe it's a is, is i don't it know what the muscle okay, is okay that's what i was asking is it the but glute you were pointing well, not the glute the glute's the bum um <laughs> so i'm barely able to walk <laughs> jeez <laughs> the tenor drops when I don't have adults with me. Excuse <laughs> me. Um, and so I go, I'll tell you about adults, though. So I look, and I'm like, is that guy doing what I think he's doing? And this random guy is trying to take a leak in, in the beer garden on, like, this, like, tarp wall thing there. And he's got, like, one or two, like, stewards surrounding him being like, you better not. And then he sort of, like, moves away. I'm like, okay, at least. And then I said, by the time I sat down, I could see he'd moved and there was a little bit of a, of, of, of a, of a fountain effect sort of happening. He's got like eight <laughs> stewards and he's just having 
having himself a pee, like completely so far drunk. He has yeah. no idea what he's doing. And then at the end, so I went back, told everybody about it. Um, there was a protest where people, because we've been told that 300 protesters might be showing up to protest the race because of animal cruelty. Um, we saw a bunch of police officers just run around the track like it was their own little race. I really <laughs> wish someone had jumped up and given like each of them names. Because <laughs> that would have been the most fun I probably had that day. And um, done that. And so uh, that delayed us by about 15 minutes. And uh, I think they arrested over 100 and something people, yada, yada, yada. Did the race. Uh, I didn't win like a thing. I think out of my 10 pounds, I came back with a pound 70 or a pound 90. <laughs> One of my horses placed. Like you, you would have to try really hard to do worse than I did. A blind. If we had let Pip just like choose, like we'd given him like, like uh, dog cookies. Yeah. Trying to use the right words, so he doesn't react to it. If I'd given him, and we'd like numbered them with like the yeah, horse numbers, yeah. he'd have done better. And I was trying because <laughs> I got they were giving me some some education. I'm like, okay, I think I've, I understand this, and they'd run this as last few. And the ones I was betting on, other people were as well. So it may turn them from being like third in the bookie's estimation to the favorite so people are like you 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 seem to have gotten this really quickly you're you're betting where the money's going so you're reading the data in the same way that educated people in the field are doing it and then none of them won because i had so many horses horses, i had so many horses finish without riders on their backs and that was the scary part because a couple of them when they lost their rider that's the one thing the horses don't seem to know how to deal with so they keep trying to race in the pack the only problem is they run they they don't know any limits because they're not holding themselves back for the big finish now so they, they go to the front almost always and you don't know when if you're if you're a if you're one of the jockeys racing a horse behind them you can go okay you know, normal race logic would be to move like this or to move like this. But if there's a horse with no rider. Horse with no riders yeah. will just do whatever instinctually takes them and they're not predictable. Nope. And that's the hard part. So it, I was, there was a real fear there. And so when it was all over, some people there were very much, there's a reason why the groom wanted to do this. He's a big racing guy. There's a few other people in the group who are big horse racing people. But I found myself with a former colleague and someone who I would look up to. And we're sitting there going, I don't think, I don't think it was us going, I'll never go to one of these things again. Nope. Because of the, um, because, you know, showing up, I looked around and went, oh, it's this kind of race. And I, I kind of went, there will be a minimum of one horse who does not come home today. Yep. And that's a bit of a weird feeling when it's all about, let's get dressed up and drink pims and have fun. And it's just, it's if, just the complete opposite of that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it, feel, it feels wrong. So I put it on the media. I put it on uh, the sponsors. Uh, I think if you're going to protest, I think going for the the people who've already showed up and bought their tickets are not the people who are going to be affected. No. Uh, protesting in order to delay it, maybe to change the media uh, timetable. I guess there's something in that. But really what they should be doing, in my opinion, if they want to evoke maximum change, is they should be targeting the sponsors. And as a group, just withdrawing yeah. any support for their mm. products. I think if you did that, that's the most effective way to do it. But that sends my little speech on that. And then today, uh, we had one last night in Liverpool, good times, and then we came home. So um, I did say, you know, I didn't know many people, and I knew more than I thought I was going to. But, you know, I don't do well in those sorts of situations sometimes. And so there are some people who are very kindly trying to keep an eye out for me a little bit, and I appreciated that. But, uh but overall, no, I had a good time, and I uh, was glad to see. I kept asking my friend who's getting married, are you having fun? He was having a great time, so that's the important thing. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, and then finally, I do want to touch base on this. Um, They're redoing Harry Potter? Oh. Uh, they are? 
Yeah, uh, as HBO a ten-year a ten-year contract TV show, I feel for those poor kids. They're gonna get sucked into that. Christ. <laughs> Sorry, I just put my full opinion there. I hate J.K. Rowling with such a passion. HBO Max has declared they're going to um, make a television series right. out of the Harry Potter universe right. by basically retelling the stories of each book taking a year. Right. Which actually is a really interesting way of fleshing probably, it out. Probably what they should have done in the first place. Well, the but... problem was you'd have to hear... If, people, if streaming platforms were as big yeah, now as yeah. they were then, this would be ripe for it. Yeah. So the That's question is... Percy Jackson. The question is... Yeah, but this is like 15, 50 times bigger than Percy Jackson. I know, I know. So the question becomes, there's two reactions to this. Number Two negative reactions to this. Number one, the J.K. Rowling effect. Yep. And that's been well documented, and people have made their opinions on J.K. Rowling regarding that. Uh, And will that have a negative impact? Uh, Because I I would take this as confirmation that, that the Wizarding World movies are done. Yeah. I so My read is that the Fantastic Beasts 4 ain't coming out. <laughs> because this will be the thing now. Yeah. Oh. That might be I did see a thing. There was a 75 there was a 75% drop in like sales for JK Rowling like Harry Potter stuff. So I don't know if that's because her core demographic don't want to support her because, you know, a lot of queer people really liked Harry Potter because they felt attached to it. So they're sort of going off from that. So there's like a big drop there, but also no one wants a reboot of Harry Potter. I've like every single person is going, why, why are you doing that? We already got the movies. Might be because Daniel Radcliffe is working with the Trevor project. And when Harry Potter is like, yo, trans lives matter. This show is going to be just a dumpster fire for whoever's involved. I'm looking forward to just seeing the carnage, but also I have no interest because it, it ended. I don't want 10 years of that. <laughs> No. If you want any other Harry Potter content, just go watch the musicals. There's nine hours of them, and they're really funny, and they take the piss. The second other option is, and I think I touched base on this, is that, um, or I think Ethan touched base on this to a degree, but the other ones we want, we've we've had our Harry Potter run, and it's Daniel Radcliffe, and it's uh, uh, Emily Watson? Emma. Emma Watson, thank you. And it's uh, Rupert Grint, Grint, and it's... uh, all the other people, all the other people, like we can go, we can go on forever, but including, of course, um, oh my word, I'm from blanking at Snape. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Mm. So, you know, these sorts of ideas. Now, there is a fun, the question is, number one, will Harry Potter stay British? If it's HBO Max picking it up, I'm kind of going, uh. Well, because originally Chris Columbus wanted to make it American. Yeah. She put her, f- now, J.K. Rowling put her foot down. Now, she's still on as an executive producer. They still can't make decisions on her IP that go against her. No. Be her interesting. Thing. So it will be interesting to look at what sort of uh, situations are presented here. All right. Cut all that stuff out. <laughs> William's there. Hey! hey. <laughs> so there we are. Um, Sorry I'm late. We were just talking, Liam, about uh, the decision by uh, HBO Max to Warner Brothers and HBO Max to re- reboot the Harry Potter universe. Why? They're going to do a season per, uh, per book, and it'll be a 10-year process. I don't know. I don't have any. I don't have any. All oh, those poor kids. Ethan kind of said that because the original movies is about seven years of it anyway. So yeah, I know. I'm, 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 I meant I meant reviewers being like, so what do you think uh, about okay. Miss Rowling's view on trans people? Like, I'm nine. I don't know. But what's the point? So that's not far I, along in the future. Well, I guess. So, so, so my my first thought was, 
um, the J.K. Rowling effect, which we've, we've talked about. I think Ethan just made reference to it there. Mm-hmm. Second thoughts being, it the movies are such a beloved part of the original journey, especially because the books and the movies were kind of coming out. Simultaneously. Yeah, like they were a few years behind. Yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah, keep yeah. going in order to make sure that goes along. You're listening to George R.R. R. Martin. Uh, <laughs> we, we Game of Thrones. We're still waiting for Winds of Winter. Um, which, if you want to hear more about that, listen to our episode on Logan Lucky of Hermes from forever ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, so, I mean, Daniel Radcliffe barely doesn't look, look like a boy anyway you know what i mean like he's barely yeah. sort of reached man age i mean rupert grint still looks like ron weasley yeah he does and ed sheeran uh emma watson you know has made uh, an, but none of these people are free yet of their associated with the harry potter universe which says to me it's it's just too and i'm not a big harry potter guy and i think to sit there and go look one season per thing if uh, i think we said before we had to cut the, the stuff we did you know, if streaming was around X number of years ago, this feels like a way you can actually cover all the content of the books. Yeah. But to cast it as perfectly as it felt that it was done in the original, that's going to be difficult because now who's going to play Snape? Yeah. It's not going to be Rickman. Nope. <clears throat> Hashtag not my, not my Rickman. Not my Snape. <laughs> not my Snape. Yeah, Maybe. it would be easy. And they're not going to get Maggie Smith, are they? That's and some boost to follow, perfect, isn't Perfect as McGonagall. Yeah, so, you know, all these people. And it became interesting, you know, you weren't anybody until you sort of showed up in the Harry Potter universe. <laughs> Tom, you know, Tom Felton's going to break him to try and have some kind of career because that's all he does is, I was in Harry Potter for like. Well, they tried with the Flash, didn't he? But he didn't really get far in there. I mean, it's just not good. I mean, Kenneth Branagh, right? Kenneth David Brother. Tennant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Robbie Coltrane. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, Ray Fiennes, all these people. Yeah, what what are, what are you going to do? And so, I think their hope. I think their hope is that people are so up for the Wizarding World, uh, which I think we said before the cut as well that it was probably going to be the end of. Uh, my prediction is this means we won't, we won't get a fourth movie in the Fantastic Beast series. Yeah, that, that wasn't franchise doing very well, is dead. was it? Yeah, because um, yeah, the last one didn't do too well at all. Well, it's it? pandemic. It was pandemic cinema, though. Yeah, it was. So that's hard. It's hard to separate those and figure out what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, their hope is that people are so interested in that world and they weren't interested in these other characters, but we can't do new movies yet because that would be too soon, but we can do TV. Yeah, but TV's too soon. Look, too soon. Look, I hear you, but on the flip side, look at the traffic that Netflix has gotten from Wednesday Adams. Yeah, but that's a different spin on it. That's not taking the same story. I hear you. It's also been a long time gonna, since the last. If they're going to do, like, if they're going to do, and what was the first one? Nineteen ninety. The first what? Uh, Harry Potter, or was it late nineteen ninety? Harry Potter movie. Ninety nine, two thousand. Okay, so I mean, that's not that long ago. That's twenty three years ago. They they first started. Yeah, no. it's not that long ago that ended. So why have a TV series that's going to have one season doing the first film again? Dude, how long do they wait to reboot Batman? How long do they wait to reboot Spider-Man? Do these things not make money? Of course they make money. Well, of course they do. It and, it, and, and it will make it will Just make because money. you can doesn't mean you should, but just no, because they shouldn't doesn't mean they won't. Yeah. <laughs> also, HBO <laughs> Max believe they're kind of untouchable. <laughs> well said. Huh? Oh, sorry. Not, they're not HBO Max anymore. They rebranded last night to be just Max. Max. Yeah, they're just oh, Max. Oh, it's garbage. <laughs> like, they, they're like, we did The Last of Us. We did House of Dragon recently. We're untouchable. Last of Us is fine. I played I the video game, it. so I've got a bias, but it's fine. <laughs> I'll say this. The Last of Us is very popular in my in my department's office. 
I like it. I've just finished watching it. I'm the only one who hasn't seen it. It's all right. (laughs) But they they all love it. And and I work with a bunch of 40 to, well, sorry, 20 to like 23 to like 60-year-old women. Yeah. And they all love it. Oh, good. So there we go. Um, well, I knew nothing about the game, so I, I Pedro Pascal is a very attractive man. I, I, <laughs> I need to say that he's so pretty. All right, so um, we've got this here. Uh, why are we doing this? We are doing this because uh, it's a BFF of the BFE episode brought to us by James De Guzman, who we hope to have with us in a little over an hour and 15 minutes we'll see how quickly we get through this it might be yeah. optimistic at this point <clears throat> sorry i was late guys sorry no it's not that you didn't stop us from starting it was uh we had some technical difficulties with the old boy <laughs> here didn't we we did so let's crack a lock on um <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> that was on cue wasn't yeah, it was on cue. <laughs> so um i i did get <laughs> Uh, Felix said I could do it this week. Did he? <laughs> yeah, it's got nothing to do with the fact that <laughs> Pip might show up and Felix is soundbite. So I would say, in a magically realistic version of Toronto, a young man must defeat his new girlfriend, seven evil exes one by one in order to win her heart. Um, that's hard to do i don't know how felix does it no it's it's insane uh so you don't realize how well he does it until until you you have to do it on his behalf absolutely you guys will discover that once when i'm not here (laughs) Uh, can you imagine the carnage i know yes This was directed and co-written by Edgar Wright, who was the writer-director of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The World's End. He wrote Ant-Man, and he wrote and directed Baby Driver. Co-written by Michael Bacall, who's done 21 and 22 Jump Street. Uh, Cinematography by Bill Pope, who did Clueless, The Matrix Trilogy, Spider-Man 2 and 3. Those are the Tobey Maguire ones. The World's End, Baby Driver, Shang-Chi, Ant-Man, and The Wasp Quantumania. Mm. and uh, music by nigel goodrich who was the producer of all radio head albums from okay computer onwards and oh. he did a few travis albums <laughs> so there we go i thought the soundtrack was good um first time i saw this uh for me it was i don't know a few years after it came out oh really yeah i didn't see it in cinemas but um yeah i think i caught word of it and went okay i'll give this a go <clears throat> and watched it yeah so yeah. that was me um liam did you see it before no 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 i heard a lot about it but um no i hadn't seen it okay uh georgia i had not seen it before and ethan i'm sure you've seen this like 19 times over yeah i i think i, I must have been like 15 when i saw this so uh a while, a while ago uh, so let's do a quick context corner. Um, to try and shrink down what I've got to be here, just get through it. The original concept for Scott Pilgrim is based around two premises. The first idea was an idea of what if, after a life of playing fighting games, someone confronted you and you actually had the ability to fight like a Street Fighter character. The second concept came when the comic book writer Brian Lee O'Malley was dating his future wife. Uh, when he learned she dated three different guys named Matthew, he came up with the idea of an eagle, evil league of Matthews. Let's <laughs> see if that plays off later in the film. Uh, so after only a couple of volumes, sorry, the first volume had been uh, uh, had been published. Uh, the, the, the artist Brian Lee O'Malley contract contacted his producer to see if there could be a film adaptation. Uh, he had mixed feelings, but said I was a starving artist. And I was like, please just give me some money. 
Universal Studios then contracted Edgar Wright, who had just finished the 2004 release Shaun of the Dead, and agreed to adapt the Scott Pilgrim comics. Uh, Wright had become interested in making the the film when given a pre-release copy of the first graphic novel during his press tour for Shaun of the Dead. Um, So um, I'm going to skip that. Uh, cast of the principal characters began in June 2008 test shoots began the next month with rights and there was a year of preparation before shooting could even begin and I will say it felt like this was something that did have its time taken on it yeah mm-hmm. it, you'd have to for the amount of visual oh, things yeah, yeah, that yeah. pop you up you need it. to know what you wanted before you did it yes if not, it it's not, not just rocking up with the cameras and no. going what looks good this was the opposite of four weddings and a funeral you know yeah. what I mean <laughs> yeah uh, the cast spent two months in fight training together before filming. They filmed with Brad Allen and Peng Zhang of the Jackie Chan stunt team. Nice. Um, the lead actor said he got kicked in the throat during training and thought it would be excruciating, but it didn't hurt at all, which was really confusing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very him. Uh, we've lost Ethan again. Of course. A very him. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep rocking on because uh, his internet cut out earlier and I'm not resetting again. <laughs> uh, principal photography began in March 2009 in Toronto and wrapped as scheduled in August. So let's do the deep dive. We begin with the Universal Studio identification and in case you missed it, we're not going to follow it with everything I've seen called it an 8-bit version. It feels like a 16-bit version to it me. It does, it does. Yeah. yeah. This is more Super Nintendo than NES. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, I agree. <laughs> but this was done by his brother. It was nice. Edgar Wright's brother. Uh, previous experience with Edgar Wright films? Oh, um, Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead and World's End. Yeah, seeing all them. I'm famous for hating all those films. Are you? Uh, I only hate World's End. I like the other two. I, don't, I love World's End. I don't dislike... <sighs> I thought World's End was okay, but just like a weak third act of what was the first two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I still hate Hot Fuzz. Uh, I've <laughs> taught Shaun of the Dead enough that I've... I think I think after studying something this long, I think I have to like it. Yeah. It's weird because I can talk about how it's clever, and I guess that makes me like it. it well, it is clever because you think at the time when that came out, no I, one had really seen anything like that. Well, I hated my first watch. So. Oh, okay. I found it funny. I, I also think it's, part of the charm not, of... Hot Fuzz is living in a small English village and actually yeah. being able to relate yeah. strongly to the themes that you see. Yeah. And you just go, maybe if I watch. The great the, the great I hated good. Hot Fuzz and then people had to say, people said to me, oh, you got to see Shaun of the Dead. If you see Shaun of the Dead, you'll get Hot Fuzz. So I watched Shaun of the Dead. And you know what? I hated Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever, it's one of those things. We talked about this, figure out what movie it was. There's certain types of movies that you watch and go, I don't like it. And they go, no, you just don't get it. Yeah. And there's nothing more infuriating. I said, no, no, don't patronize me. I'm an intelligent human being. If I don't like it, I don't like it. Yeah. Not every film is, is usually, for every person. Which is usually, we, we, we got a friend who's very militant about the Harry Potter books. <laughs> and we go, what do you mean you haven't read them? Well, first off, I'm a grown-ass man. <laughs> <laughs> but secondly, no, I don't. You have to. No, I don't. Why? See Article 1. I'm a grown-ass man. So <laughs> <laughs> a reflection... Fit? As an adult, they're not that well written. They're no, not, no, I read them they're again bad. recently. They're not that good. To be fair, I mean, I don't like horror movies, and uh, so Shaun of the Dead, I was not expecting expecting anything from that. So, and a friend of mine said, "Oh, you should. That's funny. It's not really horror." And I went, "But it's got zombies in it." He went, "Yeah, I'm not going to like it." And to be fair, when I did watch it, because I had such low expectations, 
it just raised up a little. The humour was was quite good. I say Shaun of the Dead is the closest to a horror film that I will get to yeah, watching. Yeah, 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 same. But I watched it far, saw bits of it far too young when my when I had some uh, friends, or some fr- we were at friends and like got terrified by it. So it took oh, me a okay. very long time to actually go back and be able to appreciate. It. <laughs> Speaking of going back a long time, I watched this on Wednesday. Ooh, how was yours? Uh, listen to the pod. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've talked about it. Um, okay. Uh, or I'll, talk, I'll catch up afterwards, but yeah. Um, right. Cool. So uh, I watched Wednesday, so my notes aren't usually as fresh. Usually I watch it a day of or maybe a couple days before or just during the week when I don't have this giant other thing in the middle that takes my focus. So here's yeah. hoping my notes make sense to me all these days later. You seem quite awake and with it. Thank you. We'll see. <laughs> I'm probably a bit irritable because I'm tired. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so not so long ago in the mysterious land of Toronto, Canada. Do you know anything about that? <laughs> Toronto being a mysterious Canada. land. I mean, okay, let's talk. It feels like they're aping a little bit of a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> yeah, and, then, cool. and then, and then, the punchline is Toronto, Canada. Yeah. Yep. So I think it's funny. Scott Pilgrim was dating a high schooler. Now, first off, the voice is Bill Hader. We need to mention that. Is he the guy who's in that Barry thing about the hitman? Bill Hader, I believe he is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Bill Hader. He's been in many things. If you ever seen forget Sarah Marshall, he's the. Uh, He's like his brother who tries to like help him out. I quite like yeah. him. I love Bill. He's Hader. also yeah, the yeah. voice of BB-8, the little droid from Star Wars. He's also the voice in Cloudy Chance of Meatballs. I found out today. <laughs> nice. Yay. Um, so Scott Pilgrim was dating a high schooler, and we pan down to the music from Zelda. I said, I think I now have had confirmation since it is, <laughs> and we pan down. And this is there's going to be a lot of intertextuality with video games. Yeah. Uh, Edgar Wright obtained permission to use the theme from the Super Nintendo game The Legend of Zelda by writing a letter to Nintendo saying he considered uh, that game to be the nursery rhyme of this generation. Several sound effects from the game can also be heard throughout the scenes in Scott's band's practice room. And everyone in there, the band is meeting, and they're talking about Scott dating a high school girl, and she's 17. Now, I think I need to mention that in the U.S., the age of consent is 18. Oh. In Canada, the age of consent is 16, as it is in the U.K. Yep, yep. So in the States, the idea that he's dating a 17-year-old comes off... Oh, as illegal. Let's just say that. It yeah, comes yeah, off as illegal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, whereas here, it wouldn't be illegal. Yep. And in the, in, and which is where Edgar Wright is from. Edgar Wright's a British director. Yep. And the story's set in Canada, yep. where the rules are also that. Yep. So, At most, it's just a little bit <clears throat> frowned upon. It's And that's a question they're having. Yeah. And it's not even frowned <clears throat> upon in today's sort of, that's a bit creepy parlance. It's frowned upon. There's a different stages of life. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. a high schooler, and you've moved. You're supposed to move beyond that. Are you in a state of arrested development? So the joke by one of them, and he's like thirty. I think just just shows how exaggerated that step's supposed to be between where she's at and where he's at. Mm-hmm. Um, so we meet Scott Pilgrim, played by Michael Sarah, Canada's own Michael Sarah. Is he the guy out of Network? He played thingy. Not that I know. He's the guy out of Arrested Development. Oh, which you and I watched together. Did a pilot on the kid and his and his dad. Oh yeah, there we oh, go. Yeah. There we are. Uh, he's also wow. he's also the male lead in Juno. Yes, he's a boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he's also the he's also in the end. Not to be confused with this is the end. Uh, um, okay. The end is like the end of the world where like the devil comes out of the pavement. And <laughs> okay, it's the second coming of Jesus, and everybody's being like raptured. Yeah, oh, okay. And all the celebrities are bad people, so they all die. <laughs> Sounds fun. I make it sound way better than it is. It's a terrible film. (laughs) 
Um, I think Michael Sarah died spectacularly, if memory serves. Uh, during the ride in the Hot Fuzz, Edgar Wright thought of casting Michael Sarah as this character, Scott Pilgrim, after watching Rest of Development. Uh, hey. And the screen tells us his rating is awesome. And this might be important because we've just heard you're dating a high schooler, and the film tells us he's awesome. Yeah. So it tells us you need to forgive this. Whatever yeah. hang up you might have, yeah, you need to get over this. They're trying to, aren't they? Um, we find out also that they haven't kissed or held hands yet. Mm-hmm. He makes and, a big thing about that all the way through. And she's Chinese, and they want to meet her, and then we get ding-dong, and uh, we see the ding-dong on the screen in, in words. I, I like that. Like it's a comic book. Yep. So you it's can very, see, very stylized. You can see clearly there's a lot of comic book aesthetic in this film. And that carries on throughout. The impression of a doorbell isn't good enough to upset it's Pippa, not. which is good. <clears throat> um, yeah, Pippa was around when I was watching it, because George was around when I was watching it. Yep. And when the doorbell goes on my TV, we found that it sounds very realistic. There's <laughs> 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 about four doorbells in this movie, and Pip reacted. He, he reacted to, to the first two. He got less for the third. He was sleeping for the fourth. And then he was sleep, slept through the fourth. Yeah. So. Um, there's a Good video point. game stinger and a point of view shot as he opens the door, and we meet Knives Chow, played by Ellen Wong. Uh, and we, we also get introduced to other, the other characters bit by bit. We meet Stephen Stills, who is the talent, played by Mark Weber. I'm going to bring up the significance of his name in a minute. But he's the talent, and he says, she's going to geek out? And Scott's like, no, 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 she'll be cool, man. He's like, no, no, I want her to geek out. Yeah. That's what we need. Yeah. Uh, we meet Kim Pine, played by Allison Pill. Uh, Allison Pill was in The Newsroom, which is a fantastic show, at least yeah. had a fantastic first season. Um, they say we get to say what's your name, and she said she's about a drum kit, right? Goes, yeah. And so now she says, "What's your name, Kim?" And you play the drums, and then we have the reveal shot of her behind the drums with a thing that says um, "Kim Pine, drummer." <laughs> yeah. And she goes, "Yes, I play the drums." She is good. Uh, she is really good. Yeah. Uh, and then we meet Young Neil, played by Johnny Simmons. A lot of the names of things in this movie are linked to Canadian bands, Canadian artists. So Young Neil, if you flip it around. Uh, Neil Young. Neil Young. Oh, I, I literally yeah, saw you take cool. two words and yeah, shift yeah, them yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Neil Young. And so, of course, who played along with Neil Young? Remember Stephen Stills? Yes, yes. Crosby, Stills, Crosby, Nash, Stills and Young. Nash and Young. Yeah. There we are. So we have that there. Uh, I thought that when I was going through it, and I thought, that seems a bit odd. Oh, really? Because I didn't pick up on it at all. I found yeah. that in my research. Oh, okay. Um, and so she asks, uh, this is Knives, what do you play? Thinking everybody's in the band. And he goes, oh, Zelda, <laughs> yeah, Tetris. That, I knew he was going to say it's that. It's a really hard question. I don't. I, don't I, know, know. I, I preempted that. I just got excited because he had an original Nintendo DS, and that made me happy because that's the first handheld console I had. And when she said that, I felt so old. <laughs> and when I, when I saw that, I thought, well, that looks new. They practiced their song, Launchpad McQuack, and <laughs> the song is very 2000s White Stripes-inspired stuff, but the yeah. editing is on point and is very Edgar Wright, and they extend the living room so it looks like way further away than it really is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just cool stuff. It was cool. Uh, the instruments have hand-drawn, I'm assuming. It could be computerized accents, just like they would in a comic book. Mm-hmm. There's a tremendous reverse zoom. Oh, I said about that, where, they, where they, they sort of stretch the room out. We get proper credits. That's going to help with George's face blindness, I've got in my notes. Uh, but there are grain on them. It's like an old projector. And when the song ends, Knives goes, you guys are so amazing. And the band is called Sex Bob Om. Ethan, tell me the significance of that. <laughs> 
sex bum, sex bum. I don't know. No, I can't believe you're not getting this. The bombs. The bombs are characters oh, shit, in of the. Co- of no, no, you're going to. Of course, this now, Georgia. You tell us about it. Bombs are little Nintendo dudes. The little bombs. The little like, wind up bombs. And they're like most famously annoying in Mario Kart because you can't really throw them where you want them, but they still land and explode on people. Okay. Ah. Uh, they spent several weeks learning how to play together as a band. Mark Weber, Allison Pill, and Johnny Simmons all had to learn their instruments from scratch, whereas Michael Sarah had to dumb down his bass playing in order to not outshine his bandmates. Oh, uh, okay. Incredible. Afterwards, uh, we meet Wallace Wells, played by Kieran Culkin, making his second appearance on the pod. I forgot he was in. I for- <laughs> Ethan, go ahead. I was going to say, I forgot he was in this because I don't know if anyone here watches um, Succession. Oh, Succession, yeah, because he's he's massive now from that. I believe Kieran Culkin, if memory serves. Mm-hmm. I believe, because this is Macaulay Culkin's little brother. It is. Yeah. I believe he's the bedwetter in Home Alone 1. Yeah, he's, he he's yep. fuller. So, uh, yeah, we get told that he's a 7.5 out of 10, and he confessed, uh, um, Wallace is confessed to by Scott, passive voice, strange way to do that. Um, <laughs> Pip is destroying like a piece of paper on the floor. Um, what sort of paper? I have no idea. He's tearing Some it like it's wrapping. He's tearing it like it's wrapping paper. Uh, is it Subway wrapper? Yes. Oh, that's be what he's tearing up. How do you Subway wrapper? It was in the basket. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. It, yeah. Um, there we are. So uh, he says, I'm dating a 17-year-old. And he goes, oh, is he cute? Does this mean we have to stop sleeping together? I'm like, wow, this is some casual early 2000s homophobia. And then, no, the character is gay. Yep. So I guess he, yeah. you know, I guess he's allowed to make this joke. Uh, he, uh, Scott says, please don't tell my sister. At which point, then, we have an instant phone call from Stacy Pilgrim, his sister, played by... Anna, Anna Kendrick. Kendrick. Yay. A face that I do pick out anywhere, so yes. I knew that one anyway. <laughs> Into the woods I go again. I have to. Every- <laughs> she is working at S- Second Cup. Uh, is that a big, big brand? Second in? Cup is an actual Canadian chain of coffee houses. Oh, okay. Um, that, I figured it might That kind of predates Starbucks, at least as far as like our local area. Yeah. Everywhere had a Second Cup, and then Starbucks moved in. Uh, but so I was like, hey, Second Cup. Hey, and you I want a Second Cup? Now might be a good time about the setting of Toronto. One of the producers, Miles Dale, said the film is the biggest movie ever identifiably set in, in Toronto. It features no, notable Toronto locations. I'll talk about them as we go through. Uh, the production's uh, plan to set the film in Toronto because the, in Dale's words, the books are super specific in their local details and Edgar Wright wanted to use the imagery from the books. So Universal Studios had no plans to alter the setting. Uh, he said uh, that Scott Pilgrim, the, 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 the story, revels in the simplicity of everyday locations that are still identifiably Toronto. So Edgar Wright lived in Toronto for a year before making the film because, quote, as a British filmmaker making my first film outside the UK, I wouldn't want anyone to give me demerits for getting the location wrong. So he stuck to the real Toronto and, quote, shooting even the most banal. Is it banal? It's banal. Benal. Right? Huh? Banal. There's no I in it. B-A-N-A-L. Oh, so it's but so it's banal or it's banal. Banal makes sense. At first, I thought we were trying to say benign, but no, no that's the IGN one. But benign is like when a tumor is not yeah, harmful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's benal. I know it doesn't. I know. You're making an I but sound. There's no I in it. No, I banal, know. But banal so makes benign. sense. <laughs> banal sounds weird. Banal sounds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's not get banal about it, shall we? So. That sounds like a contraction of two words. 
It does. So um, there we go. I'm I'm gonna guess by now. We'll we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, Rice said the first thing he did when he arrived in Toronto was to tour all the locations with the comic book writer, saying that this gave him a t- t- kind of touchdown at the real locations, and made everything feel right. Although O'Malley could not remember the exact spots of some, and they drove around using his comic reference photos to find them. Uh, they were given all the correct permissions in Second Cup, for instance, because instead of saying Starbucks, Second Cup felt right, and also anybody outside the movie would go i'll tell you it's a made-up brand yeah or people in canada would go hey that's that's real because i thought it was a made-up brand and i yeah. thought well actually why uh, maybe that's more canada canadian I, I, I might do a game real real oh, re, yeah. real canada or movie canada you've played this game so many times but just, is it canadian or is it fake yeah <laughs> you play this with me about loonies and toonies and i still don't believe that <laughs> they're real <laughs> Um, back to Scott, and there's a great split screen in this thing, but they're back to back rather than face to face. Usually they'd be facing each other. They would, yeah. Instead of facing away, it's it's a really cool thing. The speed of the transitions in this movie and the thought behind them is is one of Edgar Wright's key touches. Just how quick the scenes change. Yeah. Uh, we find out that Scott was dumped over a year ago, and then there was a school bell, and Scott and Wallace are waiting to pick up knives outside of her school. Wallace tells Knives that Scott's too, sorry, she's too she's too good for Scott. Uh, Scott and Knives then go play Ninja Ninja Revolution, and we get the first version of the Pac Man origin story, which is that Puck. he was supposed to be called Puck Man, yeah. but the company was afraid that people would deface the P into an F, and not yeah. because of hockey pucks, but because of something else. I can't remember what it meant. We've just lost Ethan again, but we're going to continue on with the process and see what what, what happens. <laughs> uh, his internet seems to be quite down on him today. Um, so, Scott said that already. Um, so, they played Engineer's Revolution, and they are seamless. They are moving in, in unison the yep. whole way through. Is this a real game or just a made-up one? I think uh, it's a take, piss take of Dance Dance Revolution, isn't it? I have no idea if it's if, if it's real. Because they had to, I found no research saying they created a game for this. Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ninja Ninja Revolution, I believe, was the name of the game. <laughs> they were so in sync with this. She wants Scott to kiss her, and it's this great two-shot with the uh, contingent screen in the background, and he just wants more money for the arcade. And we cut to Pizza Pizza, which okay. is the name of the pizza restaurant. Yep. Real or fake? Fake. Pizza Pizza is a real Canadian brand. No, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why would you repeat everything? It's... It's, it stays in your head, doesn't it? If you Google, it probably comes up first. I don't know. Pizza, pizza. pizza, pizza. Maybe it's like it's the door. Pizza, pizza. Yeah. Um, yeah pizza, pizza is a pretty, it's like a Domino's level of pizza oh. kind of a thing. Um, yeah. I like pizza, pizza. Uh, and they also go to a Goodwill store, which is literally called Goodwill. Uh, I'm going to say real. It's real. I know Goodwill is definitely real. Goodwill's like a charity shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got that. Feeling. But just like a bigger version of yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Ninja Ninja Revolution is an arcade game played by Scott Pilgrim and Knives Child twice in the movie. It is an obvious parody of Dance Dance Revolution. Oh, there we are. So it's it's not real. No. He's going to be back. He's blaming his mother for his internet problems. <laughs> uh, and Pip continues to bark. I wonder if his mother will blame him or if he's blaming his mother for his barking problems. I'm blaming Liam for his right. barking problems. Well, no, he keeps dropping his ball near me. keep kicking it away. Yeah, but he barks if I don't. Well, just ignore it. Ignore him, he'll go away. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, t- we meet uh, Julie Powers. Liam, did you recognize Julie Powers? Julie Powers. Um... She yes. was angry and worked at the Goodwill. No, the record store. At that this point. is her at Parks and Rec. It is her at Parks and Rec. <laughs> and um, she has the same 
tone of voice in that as she does in this film. Aubrey Plaza has issues, 22 years old. Uh, my question I have, it might be here maybe somewhere else, let's talk about it here. Can Aubrey Plaza act or does she just figure out one persona that's marketable? I think it's just one persona marketable. I think it's 100%. Different. Have you seen the new season of White Lotus? Because she's nope. in that. and She's good in that because it's not really, that's more like a facade that is then turned into a, oh, look at like who she really is, but Eh. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll try and catch up with White Lotus. So what yeah, I've seen yeah. so far, everything feels the same. Everything feels the same. And if you have to have These one thing that's, if you have, me. if you have to have one thing that's the exception to your, um, to your thing, yeah, I think there's a problem with that. Yeah. Um, you might be right because she's also just mean, but in lesbian form in Happier Season, even if she's the best part of it. There we go. So, um. She doesn't like knives either, and she wants to know if Scott's coming to her party or if he's babysitting. So I read this one way, and I read something today. Well, I was watching something today. I said something else. I read this that she and Scott at one point dated, that, and that's she's how not I, over him. That's how I felt it. She says that she created a backstory in her head where she has a crush on Scott, and Scott never reciprocates, so she's frustrated and taking it out on him. Oh, okay. Either way, it's the same idea, but it's some sort of unrequited same love. Sort of yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, Knives Hearts, the clash at Demon Head, and we quickly get the idea. We, we, we saw this, a reference to the, the, the face on the front cover of this album in the phone call with Stacey Pilgrim. So this is his ex who's dumped him, who's changed her name. We don't know to what. Uh, but Knives thinks the lead singer is so talented and there's an effortless cut to then walking home. So they would ask a question in one scene, answer it in the next. It kind of confused me a little bit. Does it? Yeah, because it was very much, it was, the the, the talking was quite seamless in yeah. how they were talking, but there was different backgrounds. Yep, they changed locations. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That was like, uh, 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 okay. <laughs> um, so Scott asks if she's dated a lot of guys and Knives says she's never even kissed a boy and then leans in and Scott just goes, yeah, me either. <laughs> I said the same thing watching it. <laughs> and they do hold hands, but he won't let her go into the house. He goes into his uh, house that night. He dreams of an enigmatic girl. We never see her face. I don't think anyway. And he wakes up with uh, Wallace, who sits up because we're in the same bed. And then a third boy sits up, <laughs> other Scott. And it turns out that Scott, Prime Scott is late for the library. Uh, which is a plan he made to go with knives. And at the library, uh, he's with knives, but then he sees the girl from his dreams, and knives sees songs. Uh, knives sees Scott seeing the mystery girl and goes, Hey, do you know her? And there's a song playing in the background and a very early Amazon.ca package on the desk. It was I my first, that. it was my first sort of thing of, Oh, that's, that's an Amazon parcel. I saw that, yeah. And it was on Amazon Prime, wasn't it? So. Oh, we were watching Amazon on Amazon. Look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, do you know that girl? And um, now we're at, then we have the, um, it's, it's, uh, Stephen comes into his frame and goes, Scott. And now they're at the practice facility. He says, you only played one note for that entire song. (laughs) I went back and re-listened. Yeah. to the song yeah. the bass only goes dun 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 does dun, it dun, dun, the wow. whole way through wow so well so that the song we were hearing was them at practice well i guess he's remembering this event from earlier yeah he's daydreaming really clever that was clever um so he goes uh what are we doing and then we cut and they're we're going to this party 
And again, it switches locations, right? It's very confusing. And there's someone in the foreground who walks. So they're all walking to the party. And someone in the foreground walks in front of the camera from, like, right to left. Yep. And as he walks, it wipes yeah. behind him. He uses that a lot. That's so an, good. That's an Edgar Wright thing. That was cool. He does that a lot. Yeah, that was cool. Um, and so now we're at the party. And... Uh, there's a guy who had a one-off role as the IT guy in the office. His character <laughs> name in this is Como. Gives Scott a hard time about not drinking. He's only drinking Coke Zero. Scott asks if he knows a girl that looks like this. And he holds up this sketch. And it's like the world's brilliant thing. Yeah. And he goes, oh, that's, that's Ramona Flowers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the original plan was for him to draw up, is to hold up a panel from the actual comic book this is based off oh, of. Okay. But they, I think they went ahead and just went, it wouldn't be funny if we do this instead. And they just ran with it. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, Como says, yeah, that's Ramona Flowers. She's at this party. But as he walks off, he goes, she's pretty hardcore, but he's gone. And we meet Ramona Flowers, who I think this is the only thing to this day I've seen her in. Mary really? Elizabeth Winstead. I like her. I saw her. Do you want to get more context, or are you just? Oh, stalking sorry. Her? I thought. I think it'd be, <laughs> no. Um. So she's she's now a Star Wars actor, and oh, I saw right. her. Yeah. I no. She came on stage at a panel I was uh, watching at Star Wars Celebration, and do you know who her husband is? Uh, Mister Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you saw him, you would say hello there. Oh, is it you, McGregor? Yeah. They oh, wow. they they met doing. Oh, uh, what a lucky girl. Yeah, they met yeah. doing uh, that Harley Quinn film, and uh, he was married. So we're going to ignore. We're going to ignore that. Part. Oh yes, 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 we're, yes. We're oh, oh part, was she in the Harley Quinn movie? Yeah, she. Oh, was, but I've she seen was, her in more than one thing. Then she was one of the Birds of Prey people. I know her from uh, Cloverfield Twelve Cloverfield Lane. Do you know what's like? I got like an eighty-seven percent approval rating on oh, Rotten really? Tomatoes. It's 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 like I was disappointed. It's back to my argument that yeah, you can have you can have a film that's all made up of women. It doesn't mean it, it can't suck. Yeah, and, and it felt I, like and I love the it character. It feels like reviewers are afraid to go. Hey, it's all women. It sucks because they're afraid of the backlash. You'll yeah, get. but no, it's one of those, a bunch of women can make a movie, ju- a bad movie, just as easily as a bunch of men can. It I is possible. I didn't think Margot Robbie was quite good in that compared to what she was in. Suicide I think Squad. she's difficult as a lead. Mm. I'm really excited to see Margot Robbie as Barbie. There we are. Oh Me yeah, too. My, not, another film that Michael Sarah is also in. And if you're excited to see us as Barbie, we're going to go ahead and get those up on the Patreon very, very shortly. We think we have everybody's in now. I know I've got I've got Meg's. I got to forward it. Um, and also, if you want more information on Ethan's trip to Star Wars Celebration, he's going to break down that for us on our Star Wars Week episode. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, there we go. I'll set a timer for 60 minutes and come back when Did it's over. Did he bump into Tom, I wonder, with the uh, Ooh, robot he made? I, I, I have a story for that. <laughs> oh. It would be great if he went, hello there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> these are not the droids I'm looking for. <laughs> um, where are we at here? Uh, he does his same path. So we, it's a great, it's a super long shot of uh, Ramona. Even more important, there's all this negative space above her head. So then when um, when Scott sidles in beside her, it's still really empty above them. Mm-hmm. And he tries the same Pac-Man story. And she, unlike Knives, who thought it was the most interesting story ever, she is not impressed in the slightest. Nope. And uh, his T-shirt is the same color as her hair Love and her shirt. Hair. Meanwhile, her pocket uh, square, there's a T-shirt with the, with the pocket square, it was the same color as his shirt. So we saw them kind of being each other's yin and yang, so to speak. Yeah. Not the only time, that, is it? No, it's not. And that can suggest either they belong together 
Or I can suggest actually they're like polar opposites. It's, yeah. it, you can read it whichever way you want to. I saw as that they belonged. Yeah, I think I did too. I think it's supposed to go that way, but you can sort of go both sides. It's like a yin yang, right? You can yeah, sort of read it both yeah, ways. Yeah. Uh, then we find out. Sorry. Um, so she 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 leaves. He goes back to Como to find out more information. She's American. We hear a lot of legends about her, but again, Ju- Julie again doesn't like her. Uh, this is where I said can Aubrey Plaza act. Julie forbids Scott from hitting on Ramona, and there's lots of shots of Kim looking disapproving at him as well. Uh, we find out that Scott and Kim did date back in the day, and we have a reference to a boy named Gideon for the first time. Yeah. Wallace has, says that Scott has to break up with, quote, his fake high school girlfriend. Cue a call from Stacy saying that he, of all people, should know how sucky it is to be cheated on. So now we know what happens in his last relationship. Mm-hmm. The next morning, Scott wants to know the address to Amazon.ca, but he has a fight challenge via email from Matthew Patel. And then we hear, boom, you've got mail. <laughs> that probably wouldn't have happened in Canada. Oh, okay. Because you've got mail as a sound effect that was specific AOL, to it? AOL. Yeah. AOL didn't get a huge market share in Canada. The odds these guys have an AOL is almost zero. Yeah. Almost zero. Our first internet connection at home was AOL. Really? Yep. So you got the yeah. you've got mail. Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, that's just a warm comfort and feeling. Oh, it's a great soundbite. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm just saying it probably wouldn't happen. Um, he goes, so we we have this it's this it's this mirroring where scott's trying to read what this means this email and he goes this is and we see the words a duel he goes this is and he goes to the we see on the screen and we go this is and then it cuts to a bit that says the death the death and he goes this is boring <laughs> which is great that it subverts your your expectations and again is probably very um very um a shot of the dead and um, uh, the doorbell rings as he deletes the message, and it's knives. And there's a montage of him doing all the same things they did earlier at the same places. But Scott is clearly disinterested. We see that because lots of physical space between them. We see it through the performance. Even the video game Ninja Ninja Re- Revolution, they're out of sync with each oh, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's doing are, all yeah. of it, and he's just like, Meh. And Scott says, I can never get past the Nega Ninja, which is like the, the, the good guy's opposite. Yeah. yeah, where everything's hey. inverted, and it says, uh, "Do you want to continue?" And it's like looking, and the, you think it's about the video game, of course, but of course the metaphor is really more about, "Do you want to continue the relationship?" Yep. And it counts down, and uh, it, it's just a great shot. We go back to rehearsal, and Scott looks upset, and Steven says, "I've got you guys a shot." So you think he's broken up with her? <laughs> And then as soon as you find out we're at the Battle of the Bands, Knives jumps into the screen excited. And I guess this is the reveal that they did, did not, in fact, break up. He couldn't do it, no. And they're going to be in the Toronto International Battle of the Bands. And the Toronto International Battle of the Bands has got to be a play on the Toronto International Film Festival. Oh, okay. T-I-B-B, oh. T-I-F-F. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And he goes, <laughs> Stephen goes, if we win, it won't just be Knives wearing the Sex Bob Bomb shirts. It'll be the cool kids, too, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Uh, there's a cool P-bar graphic. I tell you what, about three times on this stag weekend, I related to this so much. You needed to pee. Yeah, and I can feel the bar going. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so and then he opens the door. But he's not in his house anymore. He's in a high school dream sequence where Ramona skates by with his package. He then run, wakes up, runs to the door, and there she is with that package. I like the. Uh, is this the bit with the, where she ski, uh, skis, skates, and um, the snow just melts wherever she skates to? Yes. That was good. 
Um, like where are we at here? Um, just answer the door. Thank you. Uh, he says, "I was just, I was just thinking about you, but then I realized I was about asking you out, but then I realized how stupid that would be. So, do you want to go out sometime?" And uh, she says, "No." She wants him to sign, but he delays. She asks, he goes, do you remember me? She goes, are you the Pac-Man guy? He goes, no, that wasn't me. That was uh, some, <laughs> some other guy. Yeah. And she, she asks if, uh, if she agrees to hang out with him, will he sign for the package? And there's a hyper edit of singing, sorry, signing and uh, for, the, for the package and then throwing it into the bin. So it's pen, down, sign, bin. Which yeah. again is very Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual shot of him throwing it into the bin was done. Thir- it took thirty three takes. Oh, really? And you can find them <laughs> on the DVD. That's, yeah. that's quite funny. You really. know where those are. <laughs> uh, so they meet up and walk and talk, and it's the middle of the night in a snow covered landscape. Uh, he assumes she'd be too cool to show up on time. Turns out, punctuality. Wow, this is a shot of you, Leo. At least not for today. <laughs> maybe, maybe previous weeks, but not today. <laughs> Turns out, punctuality is very important to Ramona Flowers. Uh, she name drops Gideon, and he asks if he's her boyfriend. She goes, "No." Was he your boyfriend? She goes, "I don't want to talk about my past." Instead, they talk about the weather and how Toronto is. Uh, she would need to escape and go somewhere more chill. At which point, he goes, "Yeah, can you get much more chill even Toronto?" <laughs> she calls it a pretty lousy date, but it's not over yet. And he goes, "Oh, it's a date." <laughs> she goes, "Okay, okay, maybe I, I slipped my words there." But there's a thingy over there, and the thingy is a door. And then they fly over there like they're Princess Leia in Episode Eight, the worst Star Wars film until the best Star Wars film until <laughs> until Episode Nine. Anyway, um, I'm also a, a, a violent Episode Nine defender. Cool. <laughs> cool. Uh, <laughs> at her place, she asks what kind of tea he wants, and uh, he goes, "Well, I don't know what kind of tea do you have?" She goes. We have blueberry, raspberry, ginseng, sleepy time, green tea, green tea with lemon, green tea with lemon and honey, liver disaster, ginger with honey, ginger without honey, vanilla almond, white truffle, blueberry chamomile, vanilla walnut, constant comment, and Earl Grey. And he goes, did you make some of those up? Uh, she memorized all the kinds of tea. Her character rambles. Uh, crew members said, we can just write this down for you on a piece of paper in the cupboard. And she insisted on memorizing it. So you know. well done. Uh, my personal note, I was already drinking tea as I watched that scene. Uh, I was drinking tea as well. There we go. His t-shirt. His t-shirt in this. Yeah, I was just having. uh, I was having a Yorkshire tea. Yeah. Uh, His t-shirt was a logo of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation on it. It looks like it's this giant, like uh, uh, symmetrical kind of shape. But it's uh, it is that. But it's also the the logo for the for the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, CBC. Yeah. yeah. So uh, most of his shirts that he wears at various points in the movie have to do with Canadian music bands. But in this case, it was the CBC. So I went, oh, I love the CBC. Not nearly the same negativity towards the CBC as was the BBC. Oh, uh, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> Been going longer. Oh, there's no TV license. I think that's part of it as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. The government just directly funds it. Yeah. But as a result, they have nearly the budget the BBC does, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yep. She goes, Seems roundabout. She goes to get him a blanket, and he goes to follow her, and she's mid-disrobe. Ah, I think he's okay here. Yeah, because she has lost him up. No, I don't mean that. I just mean the idea she went, I'm not going to get you a blanket. So I mean, I'm going to come back and get it for you. She's he's she's given him no indication she's gone off to get changed. No, not so. So therefore, she's not creepy. He's just, 
action. So she goes, so he closes his eyes. And when he does, the camera sort of closes its eyes, which is always good. nice. Yeah. And he goes, is that better? And we see him go, yeah, it's much warmer. And then what is that? And then we open his eyes and it's just her. Because, you know, warm female body feels like so many other things. I know, right? <laughs> is this is this cotton? <laughs> no. It's leather. Oh, <laughs> um, they kiss and he makes a move for sex and she's up for it and then changes her mind. And he's okay with that. And I think this is another scene that's important because of the knives talk from earlier in the movie. I think we need to get into it. He's just a really nice guy. Yeah. And it was really lovely. It was a really lovely scene. Yep. It's intimate without being sexual. Yep. Yep. She invites him to the battle. Oh, she invites him to the battle of the bands. He invites her to the battle of the bands. He says, we're terrible. Please come. And then she totally comes to the battle of the bands. Stacy introduces Ramona to everyone, including knives. She's had a haircut, and I think it looks terrible. Oh, I like it. Oh, there was like all bangs and it's yeah. short. Oh, I think it looks dreadful. Oh, no, it's great. Oh, no, it's looked way better before. Battle of the Bands, Jimmy and the boys have a song called uh, I Am Sad, I Am So Very Sad. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, wait, did you mean the boys? It's right, but is is the girl a boy? Because there's a little girl behind the drum kit. And they go, yes. And then um, Allison Pill's character goes, they have a girl drummer? And I think every band in this movie has a girl drummer. Yeah. <laughs> She's not. Um, she's not happy. No. Stacy tries to get the two girls to out themselves as Scott's girlfriend. So his sister Anna Kendrick is trying to get the two uh, girls to both admit who they are. None of them really will. Uh, so Scott insists they go on next and play loud to stop them from talking. <laughs> yeah. And they have a song called "Garbage Truck." And I should mention, this, I like "Garbage Truck." Every song written as, and played by uh, Sex Bob Omb. Yeah. Was actually written by Beck. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And in uh, exchange for this, they sort of featured one of his albums ever so slightly. In the other oh, okay. yeah. um, and then in comes Matthew Patal, played by Satya Baba. Uh, he would be the one remnant to the evil league of Matthews. Mm-hmm. So you can, everybody can hear Pips move from barking to <laughs> making sound effects. Squeaking. Uh, we have heavily studied. <laughs> Last time we had James on, there was a slight thing with a uh, a, a, a fire alarm or smoke alarm going off. Beep, yeah. beep, beep. And I, I, I may have sent a message that went, uh, uh, sorry to ask, this bit's a bit awkward, I said, but if there's any sort of environmental noise, um, if you can shut any doors, it might need shutting. And then Pips has been nothing but environmental noise to this point <laughs> in the episode. No, there was a point where he was quiet, but it looked like he was going to knock all the wires off the table. So I had to put him down because he wanted to cuddle. Yes. That's what he asked for. <laughs> um, so in comes, so there's a heavily stylized fight sequence where Scott responds. And um, we hear him go, watch, watch out. It's, the, it's that one guy. And then Scott fights him Street Fighter style. And he's Ramona's first evil ex-boyfriend. And he asks, and Scott's confused. He goes, hang on, did you get my email explaining the situation? And he goes, well, I skimmed it. <laughs> and so they do lots of hand-to-hand kung fu sort of stuff. And we get the backstory. During seventh grade football season, Ramona and Matthew went out. Um, he then generates witches beside him and can use that can use fire. He throws a symbol and then uh, sorry, um, which is sort of dodged with the symbol. He throws the symbol at Matthew and then follows up with a dragon punch. Scott and uh, Matthew turns into coins. Uh, Wallace, meanwhile, is Four making coins. out with <laughs> Stacy's boyfriend, which is sort of a side note. But Stacy brought a boy, and it was clear that Wallace was into him and just has either turned him or out or made him sort of out himself. 
in yep. such amount of time. Scott won $2.40, and she needs to lend him $0.35 cents so he can get the bus. At the time of this movie, that was the bus fare in Toronto, Canada. That's cool. Uh, Little things. Edgar Wright has said that this movie was done in the style of a musical, but instead of the characters breaking into song and dance, they break into a fight. I like the fight. So this one was done in a Bollywood sort of style. Mm-hmm. In order to yeah. give it the thing. So um, we get the story. If he's going to be able to date her, then Scott needs to defeat the seven evil exes, which she gave him a phone number earlier. There's seven exes in the bottom of yeah. it. It explains that. And then we hear the score to the intro to Seinfeld. Um, I thought it sounded familiar. Yep. Uh, Edgar Wright was able to use this uh, because he asked for this one as well. Um, we find there's all sorts of like crowd canned laughter as he goes home and starts talking to Wallace again. <laughs> and he's like, oh, how do you, how things work out for you last night? He goes, I got the second base last night. Well, maybe first and a half. And that has like a little canned laughter bit. And then there's another instant change edit. And Wallace says, Scott needs, oh, because he goes into a room and like within a, literally the next moment he comes out, he's changed. Oh, okay. And, um, uh, Wallace says, you need to break up with knives. And this is just a Stacy's boyfriend comes out of a toilet, suggested he was there last night. <laughs> Remember, Scott, uh, sorry, he, uh, Wallace is a boyfriend, other Scott, mm-hmm. and says it's, hey, it's different for, uh, Different for gay people. Why do they make up the the, the, the gay rules? So uh, we then hear about Lucas Lee, and he's in town to shoot a movie, and uh, we are told they shoot movies in Toronto, which is a joke because, yes, many movies are shot in they Toronto, are, of yep. course, including yep. this one. <laughs> yes. Uh, Scott wants to break up with knives. He tries to come up with all the reasons to let her down early, and she kills. I don't care. I'm in love. And the words love like float towards him like a pillar of clouds. clouds. And he like wafts them away like it's bad smoke. Um, And he says they should break up. And then all of a sudden she's in like this black area and it's it's a void. And then he tells the band and uh, Kim says, you are the salt of the earth. And he goes, what? Oh, thanks. He goes, oh, I meant scum of the earth. (laughs) Ramona crashes practice and Scott bails instantly, letting young Neil take his place. Says he wrote Ramona a song. It's like 18 seconds long. I loved it. She can't wait to hear it when it's finished. He clearly acts like it is. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He tells his backstory and the voice corrects all the information he gets wrong. And then he starts to panic and we go to Casa Loma because he needs to get out of the house because they're sitting at home eating garlic bread. I think that's this part anyway. Mm-hmm. And the, he panics because garlic bread apparently makes you fat and then she won't like him anymore and da-da-da-da-da. We go to Casa Loma, real place. I know someone who got married there. Cool. Like, it's like, a, like you got to be a millionaire to get married. Yeah. yeah. It, looked, it looked pretty, didn't it? Yeah. Lots of movies shot there. And we meet Lucas Lee, which the first time I watched it, I did not realize who this was. Did you pick up who this was, Lucas Lee? Um, the big the big Hollywood actor. Oh, yeah, Chris Evans. Yeah, Chris Evans. yeah, yeah. yeah. And the Universal Stinger plays as he comes out of his uh, <laughs> out of his trailer, yeah. And he cracks his neck. And he, he's quite funny. And he has this line in this movie, but he repeats to Scott and goes, "The only thing keeping me and you apart of a two minutes is going to take me to kick your ass." <laughs> I thought he's funny. Uh, and then he walks up to Scott, and Scott goes, "Hey, can I have your?" And he gets punched in the face. <laughs> and he goes, "Autograph." Uh, and so uh, <laughs> then Scott starts, uh, sorry, not Scott, then Chris Evans starts talking to Ramona going, 
hey, Ramona, how you doing? He seems nice. <laughs> <laughs> and Scott goes up to beat him up, and he turns him around, and it turns out it's Lucas Lee's stunt double. He's got loads of stunt this doubles. This was great, though, because you totally think it is. You do, you do. These are his real stunt doubles. Oh, they? they are. That's funny. So um, That's even better. Fight number two. There's a follow shot on Lucas as the six stunt doubles are all beating down Scott. So he walks away from the shot, and we see the six of them just pounded on him. But when the camera goes back, Scott's on top of the six of them. Yeah. Which was great. And we hear, Mr. Lee, you're wanted back on stage. And Lucas kicks him through the New York Cityscape. And uh, that's supposed to be a visual joke for how many movies are like faked. It's just look like they're in New York when they're actually in Toronto. Yeah. That's the purpose of that. Um, the evil league of exes. Uh, he explains the idea of it. And then uh, he tells Ramona, let's get a beer and then punches. Yeah, then punches Scott. And Scott asks him, are you a good skater? <laughs> he goes, yeah. Can you do a thingy? He goes, look, you're not going to goad me into doing a trick. <laughs> There's girls watching. Get me my board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That made me laugh. This, this film gets it, and, and Chris Evans gets it. <laughs> he gets what his character is here. Absolutely. Um, I know, obviously, this one came very much first, but it did remind me of his cameo in Free Guy. Yes. In a, to a much different extent. But it says in Free Guy, he's playing... Himself. He's kind of playing Chris Evans and Captain America in equal yeah, measures. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a, so uh, we find out about the seven deadly exes. Uh, he does goad him into doing this stunt. Uh, Lucas dies, but as a result, Ramona has bailed. <laughs> and there's uh, seven deadly exes in the bottom of the card. We saw that. There's also a Remax magnet on the fridge, which is only there because Remax is a Canadian realty company. And I'm like, everybody had one of those on their fridge. Did so they? I appreciated that. Gave them out free. Yeah, yeah, oh, everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, because there's a free advertising <laughs> for whoever the agent was, right? Of course it was. Uh, Scott is phoned by his ex, and we meet Envy Adams, which if I didn't know she was in this, I can never pick this girl out of a crowd. This, of course, is Brie Larson. Yeah. Captain yeah. Marvel herself. Uh, it took me a little while. If I told you there were two Avengers in this film, it probably would have surprised you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah. took me a little while that was Brie Larson, because for a minute, I thought that was Ramona. Um, just with different hair again? Just different hair again, oh, okay. yeah. He tells her about Ram- Ramona. And uh, then Knives shows up at the door, and Scott. <laughs> so Stephen answers the door, and he goes, "Where's Scott?" He goes, "Oh, he's not this here." This is funny. And then he like, look in the background, you <laughs> see him go flying through a window. He goes, yeah. "He had to step out." <laughs> <laughs> a little horizontal window. Yeah. And then he grabs it. He's coming back in to grab his coat. Scott is walking down the street, and he fe- he hears something thanks to the uh, like text on the screen being like whoosh, and he's like, "What is this?" And then uh, he. It's another evil ex, and Scott punches her. Well, we don't know this yet. And Scott punches her in the boob. <laughs> That's all I've got. Uh, you punched then, me in the boob. Then he goes to second cup, and Julia's swearing at him. And every time they went to swear, they gave him, they gave her like the old 56K modem startup sound. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, and they had to do this in order to make sure they didn't get an R rating because they used the first of their two sort of sins, if you will, when Scott calls Lucas Lee a cocky cock. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I did feel that went on a little bit too long. Scott says that uh, the seven, so second cup, and then it's uh, Ramona shows up, and Scott says that it's the seven evil ex-boyfriends, and she corrects him and goes, exes. It's not, that's not the first time she does that, though. He does it on the bus as well. Oh, does she, really? she corrects it to exes okay. every single time, yeah. Uh, Envy shows back up and so says... So I was expecting this. Yeah, and says that she's jealous, 
Uh, it turns out they're playing Lee's Palace, a real concert venue in Toronto. Ramona asks who she was. He didn't want to talk about that, which is a nice callback to what we saw earlier. But then he spills everything. Uh, how she moved to Montreal with a friend named Todd, and then it turns out she wasn't he wasn't just a friend. And she invites him around because her place is too warm. <laughs> and we have a kiss and a return to the wake-up bit in his own bed with uh, Wallace and other Scott and another boy. I guess this is um, Stacy's old boyfriend. Yep. And uh, Sex bob has been asked to open for Envy's band uh, in a, for a secret show. And he asks, can't we do our own secret shows? And the response he gets is, Scott, all our shows are secret shows. He goes, we need stalkers. And then at that exact moment, cue knives at the window. Um, Knives sees uh, a bit where he's like touching Ramona and she finally clocks in. Ramona stole her boyfriend. So she goes to the uh, pharmacy and grabs hair dye dye, and steals her look but it's funny when they do the look it's very little bit of blue and then it goes to a lot of blue yes <laughs> uh and then we have a uh uh we go to lee's palace the real venue like i said i think i've seen the kills here that's where i think i saw um uh, knives runs into ramona uh, at this place and uh, because her plan now is she's gonna hang out with with, with young neil yeah <laughs> i'm gonna get back at scott this way i like young neil and uh, then Ramona asks uh, about, about her. She goes, how old is she? And there's a wheel that spins, mm-hmm. and it lands between I got a pee and who her, question mark. And as a result, he goes, I got a pee on her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it turns out that wouldn't you know it that uh, the they both had exes named Todd who cheated on them. It was the same Todd. This Todd, do you recognize this, this, this evil ex? Um, Ethan? Ethan, Ethan's Ethan's frozen frozen again, so there we go. Uh, This one is Brandon Ruth, or Brandon Ralph. Yes, 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 yes. Who played? He played Superman. Superman, Superman Returns. Yes, because when I first looked at him, I thought, God, he sounds familiar. But his look was so younger looking than I remembered Brandon Ruth looking. And because he had blonde hair, I was like, I was very confused. And I was like, I know this guy. I know his voice. (laughs) And then I realized it was Brandon Ruth. Um, Envy invites them both backstage. Knives finds out that Scott used to date Envy. And then all of a sudden, uh, Knives freaks out and goes, I've kissed the lips that kiss you. <laughs> yeah. And he then punches Knives. Uh, we see a number three on his shirt. It's the most obvious of signs. They all have some sort of numerology. There's something about three. That shows them that they're, they're number one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. There was like 33 as well I saw somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, he's also wearing a Punisher shirt, which has the three sort of teeth. Yeah. Uh, and then he punches knives and punches the highlights out of her hair, which was a really fun moment. You punched the highlights out of my hair. Uh, is there anything fun to do in town, someone asked? He goes, What? in toronto oh this is it that's it you cocky cock you'll pay for your crimes against humanity you know steal my girlfriend do all this other stuff but don't you don't you dare besmirch the name of toronto the good yeah yeah um scott goes to punch but he stopped mid fight for his punch and it turns out that todd is vegan and his veganism gives him anti-violent powers (laughs) uh 
and he goes, well, what, what happened? The backstory, it turns out that Todd punched a hole in the moon for Ramona, which will be in every shot of the moon from here on in in the movie. Yep. Um, so Todd put Scott in a hole back into Lee's palace, and they have a base battle. And this was a really fun one, actually. And uh, eventually he gets punched all the way through into second cup, and he tricks him by asking him for a coffee, and he takes the one with half and half. His hair returns to normal, and he no longer has vegan powers, so much so the vegan police come and take away his powers. <laughs> Milk and S- eggs, bitch. Scott says, once you were vegan, <laughs> now you will be gone, and headbutts him into coins. I like how when um, people are into coins, there's like a, an outline of a person in coins oh yeah i thought that was quite clever um he's about to explode scott's so scared of breaking up with ramona that he starts to self-sabotage he asks why her ex-boyfriends are all so crazy she goes exes <laughs> uh she brings up his baggage and uh he goes look i'm sorry this ex-boyfriend thing is playing with my head she goes exes <laughs> yeah why because we got to meet roxy richter played by may whitman you recognize her? Oh, of course, I recognized her instantly, buddy. I her? Sh- yes, her. No, that was the the joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, in today's day and age, you might tell me that yeah, that, yeah. that that person now identifies with different pronouns. <laughs> oh no, I just meant because she's egg. Yes, she is egg from yeah. Arrested Development, which is Michael Sarah's character's girlfriend on Arrested yeah. Development. Uh, so he's fighting the girl who plays his girlfriend uh, on TV. Oh, that's cool. I, I know her as well from Avatar The Last Airbender. She was yep. like the face of that cartoon. Uh, her joke on Arrested Development is that she's so boring that no one even remembers her. <laughs> he goes, oh, George Michael, you should get a girlfriend. I have a girlfriend. You do? Yeah, you know Anne. Oh, 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 right, her. <laughs> And Anne's great, <laughs> but and it's kind of her whole gimmick, which is a shame because she's 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 a beautiful young woman. Yeah, she just loves eating eggs with mayonnaise. That's so right. That's dub- what just egg. double egg. Yeah. Um. Uh. So this is a great line. She goes, uh, "Well, I was." Um, so the whole time that it is a little bit of a thing where like he looks at her and like makes her justify this relationship. Not a great look for Scott. No. But she goes, I was just a little, Ramona goes, I was just a little bi-curious. To which point, uh, uh, Roxy responds with, well, I'm a little bi-furious. <laughs> Might be the best line of the movie. Uh, there's a girl versus girl fight, which is a nice subversion we weren't expecting. I like that. Um, lots of talk about Gideon here. And it turns out Novus is a league match. <laughs> As a result, Scott has to defeat her with his own fists. Uh, so for a while, she's like, using him as like she's controlling his arms like it's a bad whose lines in anyway sketch yeah um actually i don't say bad they're all really great like a bad panto sketch <laughs> where someone else's hands are doing the, the stuff in the cooking scene oh no they're not <laughs> oh, yes they are <laughs> uh and if i not the weak point on her is the back of the knee <sighs> and he is goes ahead this, is this the second sin that they had to use <laughs> he touches the back of the knee and it makes her climax basically to death. It does. She goes, "You'll never be able to do this to her." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot. My fa- one of my favorite lines is from Wallace, where he says to kick her in the balls. Yep, <laughs> they're, they're just Wallace has some great one-liners. Uh, Scott wants to know if there's anyone at this party she hasn't slept with, and I'm like, "That's right. creepy." <laughs> um, and they fight, and uh, by fight this time I just mean like with words. And Ramona storms off. 
but then she comes back with exactly what he asked for, which is a list, a list of your evil exes, <laughs> which was how you get through four. It's and when two of them are going to be together, it's pretty anticlimactic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we move to the Katianagi twins. And uh, we find out that Ramona dated twins at the same time. Are they real twins? Uh, they didn't look I like twins. didn't get the actors' names. I would assume so. Why wouldn't you go for it? Because uh, that didn't they seem like... They just might not be identical. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ethan, I don't know if you're able to look that up for me or not. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, Fat check corner. Here we go. <laughs> he's, he's our remote helpline. <laughs> yeah. Hi. You've reached, you've, reached, you've reached online help, customer service. <laughs> Um, we're going on stage at the same time. The battle of the bands. It's not. It's not band versus band. It's band like at band or whatever. Um, Ramona is also talking to someone in the crowd, and it seems to be a big deal as he turns around and cues the Katianagi twins that it's time to start. Uh, and Kim says, oh, "Yeah, they are. Are they? Yeah. Oh wow. Peter Saitao and uh, oh, I've lost here the other one. I think it was Soto Saitao." Yeah. It made more sense to do that. We get told we are sex Bob Omb and we are here to sing songs about death and make you feel bad and stuff. (laughs) And they begin and two dragons appear and knock down the whole band. And it turns out the A and R guy in the crowd is Gideon. Gideon. Uh, Scott's Pilgrim Scott Pilgrim manifests a bigger monster of his bass playing though I thought that was quite funny and it beats their two dragons and it begrudgingly earns Scott a one up and a one up in video game language means what Ethan? You get extra life you're not Ethan Ethan what does it mean? (laughs) you get an extra life so if you die you can continue yes Ah. I said so what are you going to do? he goes get in a life which was a nice line (laughs) yeah uh knives is there she came to see the show scott professes to ramona that he's in lesbians with her i don't know if this was the right time for this joke yeah i don't i don't i don't know what this is um ramona says they have to break up (laughs) and turns out she can't resist gideon and gideon signs the band to a three album deal scott says if this is the deal then i'm out of the band and then they sign up young neil to be his place (laughs) young neil just steps aside and goes i'm free i'm free (laughs) meet gideon played by jason schwartzman and he apologizes for the league of evil exes he was in a real dark place when he came up with that (laughs) uh scott walks by and we hear that ramona song again Stacy gives him a pep talk and he goes home and walks in on what we can only assume is gay sex yes because we we get the shot from their perspective uh on scott not the other way around (laughs) and we cut to the the talk and it's you know he's getting kicked out he says maybe you can move in with ramona now you know so she can't share a bed anymore (laughs) yeah we can't share a bed anymore and he goes oh she's with gideon now he goes, oh, probably because he's better than you. <laughs> There's a phone call from Gideon. Uh, he's invited to the new venue that Sex Bob Om are opening. And uh, Wallace says, finish him. And there's a Shaun of a Dead getting ready montage. But then it stops when he has to tie up the entirety of the shoelaces. And that is a problem there. We go to the Chaos Theater, and he goes up to uh, Ramona and admits that he is in love with her. And when it does that, we get told that Scott has earned the power of love. And it's a level up. Um, 
Meanwhile, the band is there, and they are clearly being held captive in some regards by Gideon. And we hear, we are sex bob on. We are here to sell out and make money and stuff. <laughs> Scott destroys everything, and he's doing pretty well. Everybody he kills is worth 700. It's worth 700 points because he's the seventh evil X. And That's Gideon clever. cuts his sword in two, and his Zelda hearts disappear. And Knives comes out and threatens Gideon. Uh, but wait, no, she's after Ramona. <laughs> He's done a runner. I'm trying really hard. <laughs> so is he. Um, yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I will um, get on this podcast. And she gets mad and goes, you broke the heart that broke mine. And she comes through to fight. And obviously her name Knives is set up from this from minute one. Mm-hmm. Scott has come to clean, has to come clean that he cheated on Knives with Ramona. And when he does, he's then stabbed through the heart. He goes, no, I didn't cheat on her with you, both of you. I only cheated on her with you. And makes the second girl feels like she's not part of the... He's only wronged one of them. But I... Because of timeline. That's just rubbish. Yeah. Um, He goes, you can cheat on these ladies all you want, but you can't cheat death. Ramona admits she was obsessed with Gideon but Gideon ignored her, and it was only after the, that she left that he became interested. Ramona says, maybe I'm not the one you should have been fighting for. And there's a, there's a shot of knives. So remember this at the end of the movie for a minute. She goes, I, I'm so... I'm not alone. You're not alone. Someone says, I'm so alone. Someone else says to them, you're not alone. Scott says he's alone because he's in that, like void area oh okay and then who says you're you're not alone then uh i think it's ramona because that's when she's like here's here's my fun fact like oh, lord uh, here's he, my lord dump he gets to use his extra life which he does to come back and he does all the same moves before where he walks in the chaos theater and knocks at all the same guys and he's more focused than he was last time because the second time you're doing the level so it's easier to get through all these steps isn't it yeah and then as he walks in you hear one guy go man i tell you the comic book's better than the movie <laughs> <laughs> which is really quite funny here that is and he plays the level again he apologizes to the band and says young neil you were always better than i was and we get the same lines as before. And Gideon goes, you want to fight her for me? He goes, no, I want to fight you for me. Me. And I think it's at this point. Is it this point he says he levels up? I think it is. It's like Scott has learned the power of self-respect. <laughs> and he gets his, his level upgrades are even higher than last time. Um, he goes, Kim. And Kim goes, we are Sex Bob Bomb, and we are here to watch Scott Pilgrim kick your teeth in. One, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was a great little character. He runs interference on knives and comes clean to both of them. I cheated on both of you. And uh, just as it's about to happen, knives goes to kill. Uh, um, Gideon goes to kill him again. And knives comes in with the save. And we hear... You made me swallow my gum. That's going to take me seven years to, to go digest. through my digestive tract. Yeah. Seven years. Yep. Um, so uh, Gideon then beats up Ramona and then gets his ass fully kicked with the moves that Knives and Scott learned playing Dance Dance Revolution. Oh. Remember, yes. it's Knives and Scott working together yes. that kill Gideon. Just want to bring that up again. Mm-hmm. He goes, do you know how long it took to get the Evil X's contact information? Two hours. <laughs> Too long. 
you're not cool enough for Ramona. You're a zero. And he was wearing a T-shirt earlier in the movie that said zero. He did, yeah. And when they broke up briefly, he was wearing one that says four and a third. Yeah. To represent the fact that between the fourth and the fifth, he's another evil ex for a brief moment there. But there, that which is also a direct shot from the comic book. Oh, okay. Uh, it's something like seven trillion points or something. But all the coins around him when he dials up, these are all loonies and toonies. <laughs> so for Ethan doesn't think loonies and toonies exist that's what all these coins were on the floor after I he beats. I refuse to believe they were there we are. I, still, <laughs> I still think it's a conspiracy at which point then we get we get Ramona who turns around and says you two make a good combo again remember this for the end of the movie so. and he goes you defeated him but were you able to defeat yourself and it's Scott versus Nega Scott and it's a solo round. And we're always told that Scott wasn't good at this. Everybody else goes outside, and then we just the reveal, and they come through the door. Scott and Nega Scott, who, of course, is his own image, but in negative, like film negative. Yeah. And they're sitting about going for, like, a noodles or something together. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> and they walk out as friends. Uh, Knives tells him to get a haircut, which was a bit of a running joke throughout the movie. And Ramona walks away. And she says, maybe I need a fresh start but you'll always be the nicest guy I ever dated. And then Knives says, you need to go get her. You've been fighting for her all along. Mm. I'll be fine. And she kisses him on the cheek. I'm too cool for you anyway. <laughs> that was and he good. goes, chow, Knives. And he uh, walks to, to Ramona, to, says, I want to try again. And they walk through the door in them to the middle of nowhere. And in the original ending, uh, sorry, that though the ending is here is not the original ending as it was shot. Okay, remember all those things that made it seem like oh I don't know knives and him are supposed to end up together. Yeah, that's because originally knives and him are supposed to end up together. Oh, okay. I thought that was going to happen. He goes back to knives, realizes that's who you should have all along, which cue the whole idea about you two make a good combo. Yeah, the yep. whole fighting together to yep. win. You know, who, who you're really fighting for all this time anyway, Scott, and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But the the feedback from viewers is they felt they'd invested too much in the seven evil exes. Oh, for Ramona, yeah. For Ramona not to be the end game. Oh, okay. Um, That's always how, how life goes. Sometimes I, I knew someone who's been with his girlfriend for like six years, and there was a point where it's like, maybe it's this other person, and everyone went, no, you're stupid. Like, you, you're just having doubts about yourself kind of thing. That, that 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 could have been an easy message here. I don't know. I had a friend like that too. His <clears throat> name was Prince Charles. <laughs> <laughs> they said, "Why are you trying to make it happen with Camilla? You're with Diana now." And he went, "No, no, no, no." And eventually, he you know who he ended up with the Queen he ended Consort. Up with, with, oh, that's a coincidence. <laughs> They're in the same things. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So um. It, it seemed to dilute Knives' character. It seemed to divide the audience. Um, so Scott and Ramona get back together uh, in the uh, in the in the comic book series. And so, sorry, one more. I'm just trying to focus because Pip's doing something again. <laughs> uh, after the first follow of the series, where Scott and Ramona do get back together, was released and divided audience reaction to the film's original ending. A new ending was filmed to match the books with Scott and Ramona getting back together. 
Uh, the comic book writer helped write the new ending and Wright called the, the actress who played Knives and explained it to them and said, but he thought she might be disappointed, but she felt it was the right idea. Mm. Uh, the final ending was shot three months before the film was released. Wright says it is his preferred ending. Of course, you're going to say that, but that is kind of where we are at. Well, I didn't think the ending was... Um I thought that was leading you to believe that he'd end up with knives. So I felt a bit cheated that he ended up with Ramona. Um, and so that, that kind of threw me. But this whole movie kind of throws me. Um, it's chip, chop, 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 all these different bits. And I'm like, whoa, is it moving too quick? Was it moving too slow? What's going on here? Where, where am I now? <laughs> what, who is this? Is that her? Is Ramona the same woman? from before no they're two different people that's brie larson I was it's like, just you with the face blindness on this one i was completely i was like too many too many noises and colorful things and kapows and all oh, this. i loved it. it i like it kept uh, me like engaged the whole way through it was you know what i mean yeah. i i got confused by it but, <laughs> i was about to compare it to another episode we did which was spider-verse and then you kind of said just now the similar stuff you said which sort of bothered you with spider-verse and i was going to say the heavy stylization in this there is yeah. like it, it, so. it can be kind of marmite for people because I know when we've done stuff before, Ian's always been like, um, style, uh, substance over style is what I prefer, not style over substance. This gets like that nice combination, I think, I for, say, for spider, the majority of people. Spider-Verse yeah. I struggled with because it was so much, but I think because also because it's am- animated all the way through, there's so many different things that they do with it and changes and like it's wibbly wobbly all the time. Not supposed to be a Doctor Who reference, um, but like the but this because it was it was real life but with just added bits in. I could cope with it and I enjoyed it. I liked how it bounced about, but like I was with Liam on Spider Verse where it was like, whoa, hang on, what just ha- what just happened? That was assault on the senses, Spider Verse. Yeah. But this wasn't assault on the senses. It was in fact it, it was actually quite visually good. Um, I was just lost in places. I just didn't know. <laughs> I was like, oh, does this mean something? I thought. Like the the che- scene changes, you know, like when they were talking and then the backgrounds would change. I mm. thought that was supposed to mean something more than what it was. I just No, it's just carried through. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought that just mean something. I think the one when, um, when like he's sort of daydreaming is supposed to show that he's so focused on Ramona, but everything else is stylized. Hey, and we are now privileged to bring to the podcast someone I called Julian de Guzman about three times last week. <laughs> I, of course, meant James. James de Guzman, our BFF at the BFE, who brought Scott Pilgrim versus the world to us today on for your second appearance. How are you feeling today, James? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? I'm I'm slightly tired, to be honest. I've spent all day doing a, uh, making a film, and um, I can't really talk too much about it yet. Um, but I've realized being at 43, I can't run like I used to and all my oh. bones and muscles are now starting to ache. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I Has Kevin Feige approved you saying that your bones hurt? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm tired because I've just come off a uh, three year stag do. A three day stag, <laughs> which is not my... Uh, Brits, Brits take everything to the umpteenth, it feels, of this sort of stuff, in a way that North Americans don't. Because um, I've never heard of a multi-day stag do back home, but jeez, they're a thing here. Um, so there's that. And meanwhile, we, Georgia Blesser spent the most time of the, the, the pod today trying to corral Pip, who's Rangel. just, just, <laughs> just not having it. 
<laughs> he's got a bugger in yeah, his eyes. He's genuinely going to jump on the table. He's like, going to jump on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not having that. He's like, I'm coming. No, I'm coming. Not for the road. <laughs> not for the road. That's for dang sure. <laughs> so, uh, I think it's possible he's still hungry. That's that's my vote. I think he's hungry. Yes. Um. So, I don't know if I have, I don't think I have any food for him here, though. That's the problem. Uh, sorry? I don't know. Uh, so James, uh, t- Toronto is it? Is it still cold? What's going on? It's April the something. You wouldn't know it. You can't see it on your camera, but I still have a mini Christmas tree up that still has lights running because I plugged in a set of AA batteries on December twenty fourth and said yeah. I'm not taking this tree down until these batteries for the lights run out. It's amazing, and it's still on April. I don't know what this is. April sixteenth. Sounds about right. Um, yep. Yep. It's April sixteenth. Lights are still on. Uh, what's it like in Toronto right now? So it's the weirdest thing. This past week, it was a high of 27 degrees. That's Celsius for our American friends. And then this next, this next coming week is supposed to be like an average of like five to seven. Wow. <laughs> That's Toronto different. For you. We got some wild swings in Canada around yeah. this, around these changing times. Yeah. Often it'll jump right from what feels like winter into what feels right like summer. Yeah. Yeah. And back again with no spring in the middle. That's so, mental. No, nah, it, was, it was like 17 degrees and it's high here today. It was nice. 17 and sunny. It was, it was lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I cut the grass. All that running. I was uh, kind of, um, I was kind of getting a bit of a I came home from my stag dude and cut the grass. <laughs> I was like, grass needs cut. Looked need- around. All right. It's, it's me. <laughs> you needed something therapeutic. Yes, I did. <laughs> just a little bit of just turn, turn, turn the noise off and just, uh, like, except for literally I had noise on. But I uh, guess, yeah, just something. It's quite, um, you talked about this the other day. It's quite uh, therapeutic to watch the, uh, the kind of grass disappear and you get those oh, lines I, I, I and starts off grass. small and comes yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. I, I, I had to buy a gas mower. I can't do an electric mower. Oh, see, now, when I was a kid, my dad had a manual mower that you used to have to push along. Just just, a, just the old, like, spinny yeah, thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, right. I found that. I It took me years not to use that. Now, James, you live in, in Toronto, so I'm guessing there's not a whole lot of cutting grass for you. Is that right? Or? Just snow plowing. Oh, I, I'm in the GTA, so I, I do have, like, a bit of grass. Oh, you have a bit of grass. grass. Okay. <laughs> there you go. That's prime real estate. In, 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 in the GTA, if you got some grass. Tell you what, James. <laughs> I came up with something last last uh, time Hermes was on. I, I said I was going to use it for everybody, and I'm going to, because we need to get to know everybody. It's a little bit better. Yeah. So I have okay. developed the BFE questionnaire. Ooh. The BFE questionnaire, much like, <laughs> much like the Colbert questionnaire, is designed so that we learn more about you. So it's not so we learn more about Liam or Georgia or myself. Nope. Or Ethan. We're not chiming <laughs> in with, 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 with what we would pick. Uh, although people do tend to make themselves pretty obvious when they cheer for certain answers, which ones <laughs> they like. But, for instance, last time we found out, well, I don't want to pre-blow what some of the answers mm, might be. Yeah. So we can talk about that at the end. But So here we go. You can skip any questions you don't wish to answer, James. I will say to Hermes, answer them all. <laughs> no pressure. We're, 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 we're not going to get too personal. <laughs> First question, and I did steal this right from the Colbert questionnaire. I totally admit to this one. What is your favorite sandwich? A uh, roast beef. Ooh. I'm just going to keep pressing on that. Roast beef. So is it just roast beef and bread? Are you put in mustard or mayonnaise or any sort of... Uh, mustard and sometimes with a gravy dip. Oh, Ooh. you like a bit of gravy dip, don't you? If it's a roast beef, I like I like a little bit of horseradish in there and a, and a gravy oh, dip, or or a sharp 
or a sharp, sharp mustard, almost like a British mustard. Oh, okay. Yeah, also for, for, for a North American or a French mustard, but yeah. I've recently just gotten into mustard. I'd never had mustard. And then you found that it did indeed cut the mustard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because a friend of mine showed me that if you put mustard and ketchup together, what a combo. Isn't that just like Thousand Island dressing? Nah, yeah, that's, that's mayo and ketchup. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh. Next question. All, all these things have to tie in with this one. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes, an open face sandwich. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm right with there over there with you. I think so. It's got bread. It's got meat. It's not a sandwich. It's a sandwich when Subway does a hinge cut and they put <laughs> stuff in the middle. Yeah, but uh, they close it and it's faced that way. A hot dog opens along the top, not along the side. It's just it close the- If you turn it sideways, it's, there you go. Uh, it's a sandwich. <laughs> then it's, Ooh, then nice. it's a hamburger. What if I what if I what if I cut it in half and place it like that? Then it's not a sandwich at all because the two pieces of bread aren't together. No, because I'll still do the same thing. It'll just, it'll just close fully. If you cut it completely in half, then yeah, that's fine. But if it's just cut along the top, hot dog style, then it's not. I know, that's my point, saying these are questions for... Uh, <laughs> Liam went for on about mustard. I did. Must I have done that? <laughs> he condimented me into that. <laughs> if you're going to Starbucks, James, or the coffee shop of your choice, Second Cup, for instance, as we discovered Second in this episode, cup. what is your go-to order? Oh, I'm so boring. I'm just an iced coffee with milk, no sugar. There you go. What what size? Grande. Grande. Nice. Wait, well, hang on. What size is that? Uh, at Starbucks, Medium. it goes this venti, Medium, yeah. grande, and tall, which is the smallest. Okay. So grande's middle. <laughs> they all mean middle. big. I was going to say. Tall means big. Grande means big. Venti. Well, venti doesn't actually mean big. So the two ones that do mean big are smaller than the one that doesn't mean big. Oh, okay. Stupid. Venti means 20 ounces. So it's 20 ounces because that's how much Oh, venti. Is. That's right. 20. Yes. Venti means they 20. Trenta. Yeah. Uh, oh, they really have now, yeah, because everything's getting bigger now back home. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, next one. Dogs or cats? Uh, uh, I've had dogs, but I kind of want cats, so I'll say dogs. All right. Toilet paper. This isn't a yes or no. This isn't a pro or con. <laughs> Pick the right one, though. Toilet paper. On the roll. Does the hang down over the front, or does it hang down from the back? I'm a bidet person. <laughs> wow! Wow! Bidet to you too, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever used one. I don't know what I'd do without the first time I felt it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite swear word? Ooh. Um, bitch. Okay. <laughs> so it's a bitch. very wrestling one. So if you're yeah. watching wrestling, it doesn't matter if it's men or women. If they go and you want to guarantee a pop, you go, I'm going to show them all that you, you're just not in my league. Bitch. <laughs> it just feels like, because the one they can say on TV. Yeah. Favorite season. Favorite season. And I mean of the four sort of natural seasons. I mean, I guess you could say hockey season if you really want. Frankie Valley. What's... <laughs> Can I be more specific and say late spring? Yeah, late spring's totally fine. That's cool. Um, not including yourself. The most you've spent on a single Christmas or birthday present, not including engagement rings, is blank. Uh, $300. There we go. That's, That's a much more reasonable price point than what we got last week. Yeah. <laughs> um, next one. Best classic video game, and you can take the word classic in whatever frame you wish. Uh, Tetris. 
Oh, good. Good shout. My sister was very good at Tetris. I love the soundtrack to Tetris. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you never get bored of it. I'm not very good at it. I need to see I'm the not bad movie. at it. I'm too good at it. Right? Yeah. Um, burger chain of choice. <laughs> uh, Wendy's. Ooh, we're getting a Wendy's near us. Near us. Let's just see if there's more updates on when it's supposed to yeah, open. Yeah, we're going to have a day out in Wendy's, aren't we? Yeah, we're going we're, we're to do some sort of content from Wendy's. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That should be interesting. I really, I'm really up to this. <laughs> Liam and I went to a uh, a pub chain in, in in the town where I teach, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I said to him, I said, I'm going to stick on the soft drinks because. <laughs> I'm going to get out and people are going to see me go to my car and, you know, you can have one and you can wait the appropriate amount of time and you can be under the limit and all that stuff. Yep. But the someone could go, was it one? Was it two? Was it three? How many do you have? So I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to stay on like, like Coke Zero. Yeah. That's all I'm going to do. You did. And as luck would have it, wasn't one of the server, the person who served us was one of my students. Yes. <laughs> one of my six formers. Oh, that's yeah. funny. You uh, called it straight out. What's on... That burger. What is your burger choice at Wendy's? Their uh, spicy chicken burger, no tomato. Spicy chicken burger, no tomato. Oh, I'm all about the tomato. Tomato. I can't do tomatoes. It just makes the burger feel wet. Oh, I love oh, tomatoes. Me too. Yeah. Mm. Um, vacations. On your feet or on the beach? I used to be an on-of-my-feet person. Now I'm on the beach. <laughs> when I was younger days, I'd just walk around go everywhere. But now yep. I just want to sit and relax. All right. Uh, I know George will have feelings on this one. Mm. M&M's, plain or peanut? Mm. Uh, peanut. Absolutely. Yeah. You're wrong. Almonds. Yeah. <laughs> we, have almonds at, we have almonds in Canada. Only of you guys have that. Almond Ooh. Ones. No, you see, yeah, we, we're really limited. We have... Chocolate almonds. We have... Where'd almonds, almonds in your in your, but I mean in brands and M and M's. I'd be oh. interested. Oh in no, that. no, we don't know that. Yeah, so we have here, chocolate almonds at like Christmas, don't yeah, we? Yeah. Here we've got for M and M's. We've got plain. We've got crisp, crispy, and we've got peanut and yeah. brownie. Do we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're a purple packet. Do we, have, we don't peanut butter ones though. No. No, they're great. Ugh. <laughs> Liam, don't throw his toy. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to stop him from jumping and barking. <laughs> Not including people or pets or things of that nature. If you move to a different country, what would you miss the most about home? The variety of things, uh, food, I guess. Yep. I hear Trust me, when I go home every, whenever I go to Canada, you, I always bring like one suitcase full <laughs> of, of food. He does. He's converted us. Crisps and cookies and all, all sorts, sorts of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Including all dress ruffles. Oh, I like those. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, on that note, favorite potato chip flavor? Uh, spicy dill from... Uh, Miss Vicky's? Nice. <laughs> That's random. Um, the potato, uh, the, the kettle crisp. Yeah. We also have now uh, spicy ketchup ones, too, which are really good. I'm, they used to have ketchup Doritos, and I miss those. Both as an old man going, I remember when they used to be around, and the fact that even if they were around, I can't get them here. Yeah. They came back for a bit here. In they did. I, I, was, I was home visiting once when they did it, and I was like, this is, but the, the, the packaging was all retro, like more retro than it was when it was out. Yeah, yeah. Um, the key sporting memory of my childhood is blank, and this can be a sporting memory that you had playing or that you witnessed on the TV. 
Um, the Joe Carter home run game six. Touch or, them all, Joe. Yep. And then in my older days, the bat flip from Jose Bautista, big baseball fan. Bat flip, dude. I oh, I've just taken out. Can you guys still hear me? Yep. I've just taken out my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> I got, got so excited. So excited about the bat flip. Uh, so I remember watching that game. Um. It has one second. I think it's going to come back in in a moment here. Oh, uh, yeah. There you go. There we go. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> this is an episode. <laughs> problems. Um, I remember that bat. Both of them are very vivid memories for myself as well, but I was over here watching it in the UK. It was the deciding game, and like the umps like totally screwed the Jays out of like a run. Oh, that's who you follow, isn't so it? So Texas, yeah. So Texas has play, this is a playoff game, right? You lose, you go home. Yep. For, for, for that, that's it. That's your season. And so the Texas Rangers have a a guy on third, and something happens with the ball, and it's sort of it gets hit, but it dribbles a bit, and then it goes a little bit out, and the ump comes out and waves his hands towards the runner at third. Now that means you can't run. You can't run. I've called the play dead. Yep. The runner continues. And just puts his feet on the plate. They decide afterwards, oh, actually, we should have let the play continue. That run counts. But the Jays player should not be penalized for the guy coming out and saying the play is dead. So for you listening to the ump and therefore saying play's dead, don't throw the ball in. Yeah. Because we're resetting. Yeah. But they didn't. They peen. And I was so angry. I can imagine. And <laughs> and uh, uh, Jose Bautista, who was like the big slugger bat of the Jays. And he was with us for all the bad years. Like oh. he, the Jays were bad for a long time. He gets up there because of that. No, no, no. He gets up there with, with 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 a man's already on base for him, and he hits a home run. Wow! And he flips the bat with such anger and frustration, and was everything that we were. It's three in the morning here, James, and I'm going yeah, toss that <laughs> modem sound bat. <laughs> and it was just this, actually, oh, it was just this cathartic release of anger yeah because that crowd was getting ready to like that crowd riot. like draw fans don't riot really yeah oh no that would have been a riot yeah sorry james i cut you off what do you say about um they're actually putting him up on the level of excellence the like they're putting him up in the raptors and doing a in the later in this august and doing a, a backflip bobblehead this year a backflip bobblehead i love it that's cool number 19 jose bautista i believe it's number 19 that sounds Single, right to yeah me. yeah Excellent. Good choice on both of them. Two Blue Jays memories. I remember the other one. I was uh, 14 when Joe hits his home run. Um, I was four. You were four? <laughs> well, there we go. I wasn't even thought I know, I, know how, I know how old you are now. <laughs> um, uh, just two to go. Favorite current TV show? Um, Ted Lasso. Hey, I like Ted Lasso. I haven't watched any season three yet, but I have, I do very much well, enjoy Ted good. Lasso. Is it good? It's okay. Good. Um, and finally, a song you would want played at your funeral. Uh, let's pass on that. I don't know. Okay. If it, if it comes, <laughs> yeah. if it comes back to you, go ahead and yeah. throw it out. I always thought a funny one would be the Beatles. I'm only sleeping. <laughs> ah, that's good. Or wake me up before you go. Go, go. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say that one. Uh, so there we are. Or oh, don't stop me now. Um, yeah. Why did you choose this film? Because you wanted to choose this the first time, and I kind of put a kibosh on it. 
Um, two reasons. One, it's it came up. Its movie came out on like when I was in my very very early twenties. So it was a very informing time in my life. And also, third, uh, second reason I just wanted to challenge uh, George's face blindness. Because <laughs> there's so many actors in this in this movie that are like either just like starting out or just or in past their time, like past their like big time. Yeah. That like they're, they're it just it was crazy how all star this cast was. They're so early in their careers. So many yeah. of these people. Now the face blindness thing, I hear you, but it kind of didn't work. And why was that, Georgia? Because it gave me credits at the beginning. So I knew what I was looking for. She at least knew who to look for. Although, to be fair, they are all people I would have picked out anyway. I'll, I'll tell you who I wouldn't have gotten, James. If I if I had known they were coming, I wouldn't have gotten Brie Larson. Yes. And I, prob- I did the second time. I probably wouldn't have gotten Brandon Ruth. Oh, I did eventually because that's his voice that got, got me. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Those are the two I probably wouldn't have gotten. But without, without the credits to help me to let me know yeah. they were on their way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. So was there any of it which came into the idea that you're a Toronto boy and this was set in Toronto? Yeah. Uh, basically where like most of that was set in, like they shot on location. That's where my church is. So that all the says that pizza, pizza that you, they, they're in, that's wow. all shot on location there. So it's like, it's just so iconic now. Unfortunately, that on the says is gone, which is like iconic department store. I was literally just about to pivot to that because I didn't bring it up. And I'm glad, I'm so glad you brought the pizza pizza again because I didn't talk about Honest Ed's. Do you want to talk about what Honest Ed's was? So this guy, Ed Mervish, he made this giant, like, very old school department store with very flashy lights. And it was, like, an iconic department store. Like, every Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving, he would hand out turkeys. And then he helped build our theater system here. So just, like, with iconic imagery... All like all along the Blur Street and Bathurst Street, and it just—I guess they made they tore it down and made a condo. They're making condos. Yeah, if, oh. if you go down to where Honest Ed's used to be, it is right in the theater district. The first time I ever saw Honest Ed's, it seemed bigger. Toronto to me seemed bigger than life because I lived in rural Ontario, and Toronto was an idea. I mean, the first time yeah. I went down there and I saw Honest Ed's and the size of it, it was massive, and there was like Honest Ed's and like something else Ed's, and it was like a whole bunch of Ed's. And so he was so synonymous with the theater district and being a patron and all these things and all the restaurants were beside between Ed's restaurants and he had he had ownership in some of them but it was such a big deal and Alan Ed's itself was it didn't expand beyond Toronto or even beyond that street necessarily it was that was the location mm-hmm. and then when it disappears you lose something that's uniquely Toronto yeah like the giant Sam the Record Man although that was a chain that giant one that was uniquely Toronto which you can see in the Incredible Hulk movie. Oh, cool. yeah. I assume it's not the same as the uh, Eds that we have in the UK. No, this was Honest Eds. Ah, okay, cool. That's just Ed. We don't know. What is this Eds Easy Diner? And we Ed's... can't we can't vouch for his integrity. No, like I we suppose move... not. I'll put the name Honest. It's interesting because it does kind of suggest sort of a charlatan as well, doesn't it? Yeah. But no, Honest Ed Mervish himself was a Toronto institution. We see it in the background through the window of the Pizza Pizza, Aww. and I'm like, it's Honest Eds. Yeah. So there we go. So you could, so you recognize these actual physical locations of the pizza, pizza, and things like that. Even though um, that CD store, like now it's a it's a dollar store, but like that CD store, I would, oh, I would be like have memories of like just wasting time, just like going through the CDs and everything. Yeah. That's amazing. That is amazing. So the movies are like this are kind of neat because they compartmentalize a season in your life. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, go ahead. I'd have I'd have love for a film that was filmed in in around Kingsland, you know. So if that was the case, 
um, you know, if there were especially stores that you visited and they used in the film, of course you'd love it, wouldn't you? Well, I mean, I've shared the story before about watching Red <laughs> and sitting there I and like going, Red. that's the Toronto Reference Library. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, I did my whole senior, th- my, 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 my fourth year thesis at uni. Yeah. In that, I spent like hundreds of hours. And so my partner time was going, are you sure? I'm like, I know. I was on that elevator when you phoned me and told me the car had a problem. <laughs> but don't you have a nice feeling towards that film because of that? Though? Oh, I don't, the, the, the nostalgia and that yeah. memory of my life is real. Yeah. And that gets associated with it. I was trying to think what we talked about earlier where we talked about nostalgia being this powerful. Dang it. That was and quite it, recent. And it's not even that it's like, um, because all these things, everything, it just feels authentically Toronto where it's not showing like, the obvious places like the Rogers Center, are like, like very like off the desk, like just very obvious things. It's not tourist Toronto. It's like exactly. if you live in Toronto, Toronto. Exactly. Yeah. And we did talk about how that important that was to both Edgar Wright to find the real Toronto and to be true to the source material, the comic book, which leads me to the first of two questions, which goes, were you familiar with the source material comic book going into it? Or was this always just like a movie you heard of first? Um, I, when I heard about the movie, that's when I started reading the comic and I like, and like the same store, which actually is beside Ed Mervish is like the, um, it's called Beguiling. It was a comic book store that he, where the author actually worked at. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that is very cool. Um, are you a big comic book guy? Um, in and out. I like, I'm more of like, I like reading the Wikipedia of the storylines instead of actually collecting them myself personally. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, um, the next one would be then this movie also lends itself even if, it, if it's something that lends itself to even more of in comics and there's large portions where you see like it sh- split into five frames and it looks very graphic novel esque and it's aesthetic. Yep. The thing, other thing that obviously it lends it has huge uh, aesthetical allegiance to is video games. Yeah. And those classic video games. So was that part of the appeal for you, the video game format coming to a uh, a film or a comic book sort of setup? Yeah, I really like how they um they how they shot it and they they kept it like it be in the beginning, that first fight everyone's kinda of like what's going on about like why are they fighting like this and what's going but then they just started to get into it after a while. They're just okay, we guess we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> um what did you say was your favorite classic video game? I forget. Uh, Tetris. Oh, Tetris. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. So this obviously lends itself very similarly to uh, things like Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, things yeah, of yeah. that of that ilk. Yeah. A question around the table. I mean, we can start with James for sure. But Street Fighter or, or Mortal Kombat, was there one of those that was more your jam? And if it was, what was the character you were most likely to fight as? Um, when I did play Mortal Kombat, it was usually like um, Sub-Zero or Scorpion. Okay. Yeah, and then Street Fighter, I probably usually play as Ken. Ken? So, yeah. Okay. Ethan. Everyone pick Ray. Ethan, just so you know, you're muted. Okay, you actually yeah, I, 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 I'm just Yeah, I'm, I was playing the odds, dude. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. For everyone listening, I got COVID, so I'm just trying not to uh, cough uh, on, oh. on mic. Um, Trust me, with Pip, we're not going to notice this week. He's, he's asleep. He is asleep. We're just going to. We're, gonna, we're literally going to let sleeping dogs lie. <laughs> I was never like a Mortal Kombat. Or which one's Chun Li? Is Chun Li Mortal Kombat? No, Chun Li Street, Street Fighter. Fighter. Okay, so I played Chun Li. I was a Super Smash Bros. guy, which meant I was not popular in school. But you didn't have to hear that to guess that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I think you decided to 
Not answer the question. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get, yeah, Chun Li, I guess. Chun Li, okay. Which one's Raiden? Uh, Raiden, Raiden is, is, is Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Oh, Ra- okay, cool. I got my Chun Li and Raiden. Raiden's so cool. Okay, uh, Liam. <laughs> uh, I, okay. Oh, I don't know if you ever played these at all. I, I, I played Street Fighter 2. Okay, Chun Li. Yes. <laughs> and I was very controversial at the time. Was it? Yeah, because I used to be able to do that little, little kick thing with the leg. And that, Put down I, the bar of I remember my, my buddy and I, we had a plan. We were going to go ahead and sell one of our teachers on this. And it was, we're going to buy a copy of Street Fighter 2. Yeah. And we're going to have a tournament and charge students to enter it. And the winner will get their copy. We'll get to keep the copy of the game. Oh, that's cool. Oh, well, yeah. For people who wins, probably already going to have it. And it was really just an excuse to try and make some money. That's what it was. Yeah. Because yeah. we, we needed, although we didn't need like 16 kids to enter in order to justify the price point, which looking back, that's not a small amount of kids no. to sign up. Um, and the teacher was like, I'm worried about the representation of women in these games. What's the representation of women? We're like, oh, no, it's great. She's one of the fighters. And we're like, if you look at the costume, though, she's heavily sexualized and infantilized <laughs> at the same time. There's this um, one particular move that she used to do where she used to turn upside down, upside down. and spin her feet around. That was cool. I couldn't always do that. But, yeah, people never used to... Like playing, uh, fighting me because if I, I always chose her, they always expected to win. She had that kick that was really hard to stop once you yeah, got going. Like that fast kick, yeah, 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 and they hated that. The only thing you could spam more than that was 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 E Honda's hand movement. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which so, was annoying. Georgia, has any of these words made any sense for that we've been saying for the last eight minutes? Yeah, I know the references because I quite frequently were like the kids at work. Where I would like jump in front of them and do like the starting thing. And, oh, like, the sort of posture where yeah, you bounce yeah. back and forth. Yeah, because and they think that's hilarious. Um, but I have only ever played one of them. I don't know which one it was. It was round here. I think probably one Christmas with you oh, guys. I ha- I got the Super Nintendo Mini. Yeah. At Christmas, and we were playing Street Fighter for a bit. So yeah. I played that then, and dun, I just dun, remember dun, you getting dun, really pissed with dun, me dun, because dun, I was just dun, mashing dun, buttons because yeah. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was winning because yeah. I was just mashing. I remember buttons. this now. <laughs> you got so mad. <laughs> that's not how you do it. <laughs> with you, that was proper moves and everything else, and just go. No, 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 Feel like it rips off my ch- my 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 childhood of learning the moves. <laughs> That's supposed to be don't don't take away my nostalgia from me. That was funny. Um, what about yourself? Mortal Kombat Sub Zero. Because he had the coolest fatality. He would rip the guy's head and spine out of his oh, body. Oh, that's right. You would, wouldn't he? Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Although Scorpion, if he did the, the thing where he, like, he throws a rope out of his, uh, out oh, of his right? hand, he'd yeah. drag you towards him. go, come here. Who <laughs> was the like. one that used to, arms used to go longer and legs? Oh, that was Street Fighter. It's Dalzim. Oh, uh, was it? Um, yeah. Dalzim and Zangief are probably the two most useless characters. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's who I played if as you when his get, arms came out. Yeah, I think it was actually. <laughs> <laughs> if you could get Zangief and do like his like spinny, like spinner Rooney power driver, it like almost took almost all the energy, but it was so impossible to land that move. Yeah. Um, Street Fighter, actually, I'm also with you on this one, James. I was a big Ken guy. So, yeah. That's cool. Uh, looking, back, Ryu. looking back, Ryu is, it wasn't Ryu supposed to be from, from Japan? Yes. Yeah, Ryu looks Ryu looks pretty white. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In hindsight, <laughs> but no, fun games, fun games, and definitely worth uh, worth, worth, worth a go on those ones. And uh, yeah, remember that. Um, um, Michael, Sarah, in general, is this a, is this an actor that you're uh, you find yourself leaning towards more often than not? I, I well, I think I knew him from watching Superbad. 
I wasn't really an Arrested Development kind of guy, so I knew, oh, look, this guy is from Superbad. I really like Superbad. So I, I just like, oh, check him out. Yeah. Superbad is, uh, here's a little inside knowledge. Superbad's great and was even on my roster at one point, and I, I bumped it for something. I forget what it was. Because I, <laughs> I do like Superbad, but it was one that could come back on an annual basis. Oh, okay. I think I was like the date of the party or something like that. Yeah. Because they openly say what the date of the party is. Right. So that's when it can come back any year. So I didn't feel so bad bumping it because I was like, it's not like it's a five-year bump. Yeah, true. So, which is very ambitious of me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get to this five years from now. <laughs> there hey, we go. Yeah, but you think long-term, which is good. I never thought we'd still be here I, now. I tend to only schedule up until the end of the following year. So yes. I'm not at the 2024 schedule. Yeah, that's yeah, about yeah. It. yeah. But you have to, to keep the, the momentum going, don't Theoretically, you? Theoretically, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just give it a, a long-term view of where we're going. Hot film summer coming back again this year. Ooh. Hot film summer. I think this is year three of it. Does Barbie? Uh, well, we can do see it or skip it, but how else are we going to... Because I really want to review Barbie. We can do see it or skip it, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. I'm Absolutely. Really That's an all-star that cast, isn't it? What was Another that, James? Michael Sarah movie, yeah. Yeah, Michael Sarah. It's got Doctor Who. Doctor Who, the new Doctor Who's in it as well. Yeah, yes. Shoot, Shooty Gat was one of the Kens. I thought, I thought, I thought the new Doctor Who was someone else. <laughs> For now. <laughs> that's, that's, um, that's what new means, my friend. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not I'm still, still not about it. Uh, <laughs> that's um, a different kind of worms. Uh, for me, my first introduction to Michael Sarah was Juno. Yeah, me too. Probably. Yeah, kind of the... The very, you know, he's very untraditionally masculine, and he's 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 uh, he's very gentle and he's very kind and he's very atypical. He seemed very younger than the rest. Yeah, he's been playing he's got a young young guy look. roles for a long time. I think he might struggle as he hits once he can no longer play that age bracket. Once he's got to play like a thirty-five year old, I think he might struggle. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong there. But yeah. Um, yeah, I was not a favorite thing, but that's more of an endgame sort of question. I just want to see if there's anything else I want to sort of... Oh! Edgar Wright. What's your, what's your thought process in the films of Edgar Wright, James? I, I'm i more of a fan of his newer works than his like Simon Pegg trilogy works. Like I really love the uh, Baby Driver. I've not seen Baby Driver. Oh, you have, though. That's good. That's one that's like, on my radar at some point, yeah. Yeah, very like the good. Editing on that, like it's so much compared. You can put so much like uh, comparisons to this to this editing in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I just I just really like it a lot. And the and the sound and the sound and everything. Yeah, soundtrack's brilliant. Baby Driver. Yeah. Who's leading that? Uh, that Elton John guy. Taron Egerton. That's the guy. No, it's Ansel Elgort. <laughs> Is it? The one that they really, do look quite similar. Oh. To be fair, it's, it's unfortunate because the two leads in that are very pl- problematic now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's, um... it's Spacey and it's uh, Ansel Elgort. Oh, Spacey as well. Yeah, well, and there's yeah. a there, there's a line he says was like, "I love the balls on this kid," and well, people oh, are like, "What if we use this to make fun of him? Maybe <laughs> being a good beautiful. movie though." Well, it's a really good movie. Movie. Well, it's just unfortunate. We've done how many spaces have we done? We've done Usual, usual Suspects. suspects. Yeah. We've done three. What no. else have we done, Spacey? Uh... I swear we did another one at some point. Well, you said three, so you better hope we did two more. <laughs> <laughs> you seem pretty confident. That's how math works, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think spacey. I think oh. we have done more than one, because I remember it cropping did up more a, than once, but I we, couldn't tell you what. Did we do American Beauty or just talk about no, it? We haven't done American Beauty. We haven't done that. No. Shall I Google Th- Kevin Spacey That's going to be a difficult films? one to do full stop, but yeah. 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 
but but we but it's a great film. It is. Yeah, it's an Oscar winner. Mina Savari. Yes. You don't see her anymore, do you? Uh, what's her name? Who was in a? Uh... Oh, she was a child actress and um... Seven. What? We did seven. Oh, we, we did, did seven. Did You're seven. right. There yeah. it is. There's the other one. I need. I need to find the third one now. <laughs> <laughs> John Doe. He wasn't in the credits. I, I you, you, can't, you can't prove you. Oh, hang on. He's, he's in the end credits, isn't he? He gets top yeah. billing after the credits. In what? Seven. Oh, yeah, yeah, So he yeah, wouldn't yeah. appear on any of the other promotional materials, but That's at the right. end, his name is first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John I Doe. can't see any of the ones, Ethan. No. Uh, well, there we go. So, uh, yeah, because we were talking. I mean, obviously, we're, we're, we're in England here, so everybody else was rah, rah, rah in the Cornetto trilogy up, James. And uh, I've always been someone who... Def- I watched World, Hot World's Fuzz. Isn't good. I watched Hot Fuzz and hated it. And I would tell people that is a terrible movie. They go, "Oh, you need to see Shaun of the Dead." And then I was like, "All right." And then I finally got around to watching Shaun of the Dead and went, "Yeah, I don't like that either." Oh, you don't get it. See, I like both. Do you? It's just World End. I struggle a little bit with. Yeah, same. I like the first World's half of World's End, and then it goes somewhere a little it just, bit. It, it, it it's, it's, it's whenever it goes tails to, off. It's whenever things go to their stupid play. Like I liked Hot Fuzz until <laughs> the old people start turning into killers. No, that's when it's brilliant. Because <laughs> I that's like, what we no, all wish. Because I happen. loved this story. I loved the story of like the like like <laughs> banal cop <laughs> and like his like you know sweet like he wants to be in a movie like partner. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. And, you know, the dad who gives him a hard time and won't let him be who he wants to be. I'm like, this is fantastic. I want this movie. What was that line? It, in? Was, it was at the first half of From Dust Till Dawn. I'm going, I really yeah. love this movie. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. it shifts and I it go. completely shifts. Oh, I don't like this anymore. Yeah. It's just such an English film. I it think. is, without yeah. question. It's very what's, English. What's that line in there where he goes, you want to be a big cop in a small village? Fuck off to the model village or something like that, he says. <laughs> <laughs> I find that very funny. I used to have to teach a, a, a scene from that for media studies. Oh, okay. And also that bit where he hurdles the fences and then he just run through them. My favourite part of the entire Cornetto trilogy is just when he's running through his plan. And the editing helps as well when he's just running through his plan of what to do to survive the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and it just ends up with having a pint at the... Of, the pub. of course, there's the great lost Edgar Wright film in the sense that he wrote it but was booted off a chance to direct it, which is Ant-Man. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because he wrote it and yeah. then they kind of got rid of him, but like the guy who they replaced him with, it's like they basically said, make an Edgar Wright film, would you? Because what it, was the point? Because they're totally aping his style but without having... Like, they just kept him on the project. Yeah. The thing that sucked is he'd been working on that since like they were developing Iron Man, so this was like... An, this was going to be like a phase one thing and it, then... <laughs> You know why I feel it was probably a pretty faithful um, Edgar Wright movie? Go on. Because I don't like Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Famously, I'm not a fan of Ant-Man, the first one. I went and saw that on my birthday. I do like Ant-Man. James, where are you out on the Ant-Man? I like it. It's like a, it's, it's a nice reprieve from, because like, they always do it after the big um, like Avengers movie, so it's like a nice like cool down. And it's, Ant-Man's like, like a... Like, yeah, he's a palate cleanser. I can't tell you of a three. I can't tell you one that I like. I think I've only seen the first two. I haven't seen the new like, one. If you, want, if, if, new if, one. if you want to hear some rage in my voice, <laughs> go and listen to the theater skip it that I did with someone. I don't remember who it was. It was Hermes. The Hermes? I, li- I listened to it. Ant-Man yeah. Quantum Mania, where he's his usual Hermes. Well, you know, it's, per- it's okay <laughs> here. I'm like, no, this sucks. <laughs> It was. Um, it the third was. One is not great. It is not it great. Good. And the best part about it, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to recast. It looks like. That's well, unfortunate. 
Like I don't, I don't know. Like, reading all that stuff about, like I don't know if uh, they will actually recast him though. Oh, I, I've heard reports. I'm looking into it. Yeah. He revealed. He posted his lawyer or something. Posted some text. We're going on a real tangent here. Um, it was like some text and to be like, he's innocent. They still don't make him look good. It like because it's the text that the victim sent. It was like, I'm sorry. I'll say. I'll say what I. And I'm like, oh no, this doesn't make you look. Hang Good on. in the you, slightest. What's happened? Yeah, I don't know. Jonathan Majors, the guy who's playing Kang uh, okay. in the MCU to this point, has been. Has he been arrested? I say, I thought he, yeah, he got arrested. He got like arrested. A month he ago, he, he yeah. had to go to trial or something like that. But for what looks like domestic violence against his right. girlfriend, oh, okay. uh, I was it's been. For seconds, I thought it. It is the most. Re- it is the sequel none of us wanted to Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the question then becomes, like, they've pushed all their chips in on Kang. Wow. And they finally, like, we've been waiting since Loki. We got our first taste of Kang. And it was like, wait till Quantumania. It's the big, really kind of start of that storyline in earnest. And we get it started. And then, like, four months later, if that, no, not even that, two months later. It was during when Creed drops. came out. So it was Why like a month after that? that, yeah. Why? As I say, because Quantum Mania came out like the, in France the day after we left, so we Bad met like, Ant Man and stuff yeah. while we were out there. Yeah. So, and yeah, he's been credit. He was like the it guy in Hollywood at the time, and it's just yeah. like wow, wow. And throw it all whiskey because he advertised it. <laughs> of course, you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a good thing. ad. He okay. I thought he was a very attractive man, and um, I'm I'm a sucker for that. That's why I love Pedro Pascal. Um, <laughs> but no, like. <laughs> <laughs> that, that You're allowed to love whoever you want. Just, just the number of Pedro Pascal name drops we've had on this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two. Yeah, I don't even like. He's a. Fight. <laughs> but this isn't Sorry, a Pedro he, Pascal film, Ethan. It's like the last yeah. from you. <laughs> this is Ethan's thing. We've all got various things. One of Ethan's things is making references to things we're not talking about. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell that I'm slowly losing my grip on reality right now? A little bit. Well, you're, you're, yeah. you're, you are full of COVID, so when, when the cold yeah. sweats hit, who, who knows what, what, what's going to happen here. <laughs> oh, um, is, is, is Toronto, is, is life back to normal now in Canada? Are the masks off? What's what's going on? Yeah, basically. like It's like it's basically back to normal. You'll have your random, say, stay home if you're sick, but otherwise, it's everyone, Most a lot of people are still working from home. A oh, really? Places, like downtown Toronto, a lot of places have closed down. Like the path, if you remember that, is it's basically like becoming like a ghost tunnel. <laughs> like it's wow, like, it's as much stuff in is in New York because there are people that are are still working downtown, but like it's not as much as it was before. Oh, I was I was at the Grand National yesterday, so if you guys yeah. get it, I guess it's me. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh. Turnabout's fair play. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So about 60% sure I got mine from you last time. Yeah. Because I said you I didn't feel well. Then. Yeah. <laughs> um, talking of uh, COVID, do you know how many people have come to me this last week and said that's all a con and it's a conspiracy and the government's just trying to kill people off? I've had three people come to me this week and tell me that. They're a bit late in the game. I was like, jeez. So if there was people telling you that three years ago, I could kind of understand it, but like, like the thought process, but... I yeah, mean, three years. They were like, they were like have, you been, have you been jabbed? And I went, yeah, I have. And they look at you with like, oh, really? Oh yeah. my god! There was, there was a TV. There was a TV repair shop near where I live, and it was these two brothers. 
and they were like proper uh it's not real it's all a all a hoax they got it one of them died and like the the surviving brother was like he they 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 killed him the hospital killed him he was he never had covid and i'm like are you are you okay i think that that's a person who needed psychiatric help it's a worldwide thing no one can you know, you know, like Britain and America and Australia. The Varvanovich governments anyone, would come together come and together actually... And <laughs> they can't come together in their own house of commons. Exactly. Everybody can go, yeah. Because what is the commonality? Like, did you see how many turns it took to try and get Britain out of Europe? Yeah. <laughs> like, the idea that we can't agree on, like, a trade route, but this, like, super sophisticated don't-tell-anybody murder plot. Yeah. Especially considering our own government. We're kind of like, at the start, it's, guys, it's fine. How many different, we don't got to do shit. How many different prime ministers did we have during this run? Like, yeah. each of them would have to be in on it and then not tell anybody once yeah, they got out exactly. of yeah. Rem- remember, no when, remember when Boris was like, guys, it's fine. Like, I'm not going to go to my Cobra meetings and then caught covid yeah. and then it was like hey, I, I i'm gonna party for a bit like, like after almost dying like canada yeah, yeah. canada's like a justin trudeau for like i don't know, like a decade now yeah yeah <laughs> when canada does stuff we do things long term we had Stephen Harper for a decade. We got Justin Trudeau for a decade. We had Jean Chrétien for a decade. We well, believe in digging our heels in. To be fair, <laughs> in my early youth, I mean, you had Maggie Thatcher, who was a 10-year prime minister. Yeah. You had John Major, who was a seven-year prime minister. You had um, uh, the, the, the Tory in red. What's his name? Tory oh. and Red. Oh, Cameron. Is, no. pig, pig guy. Oh, no. Tony Blair. Yeah, yeah, he did like a, a two stint. He did like an eight year stint. So, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we had it. I mean, that was in your fair. younger years, but in your older years, you also had the woman who got out distanced by lettuce. Cabbage, cabbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lettuce. lettuce. It was a lettuce. What was that? 40 Lizzie and the lettuce. 40 something days? 42 40, days. 42 days, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, know. to be fair, it's not us been voting them out, though, is it? They've been just voting each other out, so we've not really had much. Yeah. It's not like it's shifted from, we like, conservative labour and back again. We're just, well, we they're just voting each other out. To be fair, they did give Boris the trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> so say that for what it is. Anyway, we've way diatribed out. We have. <laughs> Let's go ahead and hit this button, because it always leads to a lot of conversation anyway, so... We're in the endgame now. And we are on the endgame now. Uh, James, you know, this isn't your first time. You're old hat at this now. Seasoned pro. (laughs) This isn't the disappointing Ant-Man 1. No, no. This is the still disappointing, what's the heck of that ghost character, (laughs) Ant-Man 2. (laughs) Oh, don't worry. She's coming back for some bullshit film. (laughs) Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> James, we need a random word, buddy. Uh, lesbians. Oh, okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid I am going to have to climb on that He's one. He's going to veto that one. Because I can only imagine what we're going to get on the gifts. So <laughs> <laughs> but congratulations, you did just make our end of year real. <laughs> You said it with such passion oh, and hope did. as well. <laughs> I threw to Liam, what's the random word? And like a schoolboy at Christmas, he went, fuck it! <laughs> My teeth <laughs> and I... <laughs> uh, nope, nope, nope. We're not having that. <laughs> nope. I'm so disgusted about it. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, let's, let's try this again, James. I was going to hit the... 
And we're still leaving all that in. <laughs> <laughs> random, random word take two. <laughs> James, where are we going? Uh, that's okay. Self respect. Self respect. It's so different. Very tough. <laughs> very, very, <laughs> talk about tonal shifts. We definitely had one there. Do you know I put? <laughs> I have no idea. Hair dye. Oh, hair dye. Because okay. she changes her hair color like three times. Garlic bread. Garlic bread. Garlic bread. <laughs> Self-respect. All right. Thank you very much. So now it's thank time you. for the money, money, money. What does this film take home? $85 million budget. Let's wow. start with James. Um, I know this did really poorly, so let's say 40. All right. Ethan. I'm going to say 115 million. 115? Yeah. Okay, Liam? Yeah, I don't remember this being a big hit back in the day. 80 million seems a lot on it, but you see why they spent it. Uh, 95. And Georgia? 48. <laughs> do, do you know the answer? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so despite the fact that James told you guys all, I know this did really badly, <laughs> Ethan still goes, uh, no, it is. Uh, James gets the win here. $49.3 million. Was uh, I disqualified? Yes, you were. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were. Yeah. You uh, know how to market this movie. They, like, they, yeah. yeah, it's a movie that's really hard. It's so... This movie's clearly made for a very specific generation. Yeah, niche, isn't yeah. it? Very niche. As a result, like, what, do you, what other movies do you even... Like attach it to, so like for instance, when I went and saw Super Mario Brothers the movie, I saw trailers for uh, a new Disney mo- uh, Pixar movie. I saw a trailer for uh, superhero movie stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What do you attach this to? What's the rating again? Is it a twelve or a fifteen? Uh, I can tell you the MPAA is a PG thirteen, which is probably oh, okay. twelve. Then yeah, it's like a twelve here. Yeah, there's nothing from what I know about teaching media well, studies as a media studies did, teacher. Yeah, it's probably not. Doesn't take it past a twelve, I don't think. No, because oh, if it was twenty eleven uh, in this country, yeah. Oh no, you can swear all you want, and get a fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what was it? Was this came out what twenty eleven, right? Sure. No, I'm just, do, do, do you know of any other Scott Pilgrim versus the World movies? If no, so, I'm just thinking. What do you advertise this within, like twenty eleven? Oh, okay. I thought, no, I thought you looked up the rating. <laughs> No, no, I was just like, I was just like, ah, oh, what, what, like, what, Captain America comes out, I guess, Maybe sure, but out. like, yeah, but, you, yeah, but other, was 2008. Other, A, it's universal, B, mm-hmm. um, so y- the Hulk could work, because it was universal, so was Iron Man, by the time mm. you get to 2011, and we're talking about MCU series one, um, phase one, that's what, like, like, you got Thor and every movie wants to be Thor. attached to this, like, how Scott yeah. Pilgrim getting with its little $85 million budget getting attached to that film? Yeah, that's mm. why I'm like, what do you advertise? Like, if, if you go into the cinema, what's being advertised? Like, It's got to be like other, like, sort of mid-independent films. Yeah. It's got to be like A Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, uh, yeah. I want to see Nick and Nora's uh, Infinite Cabin Playlist in the woods. for an ad. Yeah, oh, Cabin no. In the woods. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, hate, I hate Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> I love I like Cabin, Cabin in the Woods. I love Cabin in the Woods. I wasn't ready for the shift. Maybe on a second watch, I'll appreciate it. But I got I got angry. Don't spoil anything. But, yeah, I, I got Isn't angry. Isn't it a horror? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah I, I want to watch it. No, thank you. No. Like, I don't like horror, but I love Kevin in the Woods. Oh, you, you should watch it. You'd enjoy it. Really? Yeah. I think you would. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not like gross-out horror. 
Oh, okay. No, no, no. It's closer to a scream than it is to... Oh, okay. Then maybe, yeah, I, yeah. maybe I would then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sort of plays with the conventions of what horror is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit... It's trying to say something. Whether it's successful or not, different story. Oh, okay. So. So, yeah. Um, I'll give it a watch. Awards, not really of note. Not the big ones that we're talking about. What? Like, not Do Oscars it? or Golden Globes or things like that. <laughs> Visual uh, effects? Uh, I thought the visual effects were good, but didn't get. Yeah, you need money to do that sort of stuff, don't you? Yeah. Uh, who? Okay, James. Who would you cast as who? You can also include the uh, the uh, the the evil exes here, but out of the four of us and yourself, you've got to cast the movie. Who are you putting in uh, what roles? Um, I would say I would like to be Wallace. Okay, okay. I, don't want, I don't want to be. I don't. Sorry, I'm young. I, I think be young Neil. Oh, you'll be I young think, Neil. Uh, okay. Yes. Uh, Georgia Kim. Fair. Yeah. Um, we are here to sell out and make money and stuff. <laughs> you don't have to be gender uh, the same. Ethan, uh, let's go Ethan as, um, let's go him as a talent, Stephen Stills. <laughs> I was really expecting Wallace. That surprised me. It, it, did we, hang on, did we just call Ethan the talent? Did that just happen? <laughs> I think it did, yeah. Ethan, the man who has rambled for right. the last two hours. There's, there's, there's two people left. Am I, am I, am I in catering? Am I helping out? What, 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 what? what, what? I, I, I think you're Wall, you're Wallace. I'm Wallace. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're both, you're both pretty sarcastic, to be fair. All right. And, and then, um, let's go. Uh, you're, uh, let's, hold on, let's, um. Say the, let's go with the Lucas Lee, the Chris Evans. Just <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I would cast Liam as Lucas Lee. Oh, okay. I absolutely would. I saw, I saw myself. You crack as, your neck. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's funny though because I had more connection with Ramona. It's weird, isn't it? It's not you. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. But it's just weird how that. It's because yeah. they dyed their hair. She dyes that, 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 the, the, the hair dyes a very Liam trait. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. she says we didn't we didn't cover it in the deep dive, but she dyes it every week and a half. Yeah, and basically tells Scott if the hair is a thing, get used to it. <laughs> yeah, we offset that in the past. It ain't, it ain't staying in the same place for long. Yeah. Um. Excellent. Uh, let's throw this one out here. Actually, I'll do that as a secondary note. Did this film have a villain problem? Too many. No. They're not really villains. They're no. obstacles, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Because that's the thing. There's only one almost villain at the end, which is Gideon, and the rest are just obstacles to get to him. James, here's my read. I want your opinion on it because it's your movie. I'm just here talking about it. <laughs> Jason Schwartzman is Gideon. I feel, although his name is dropped early, I feel the reveal of Gideon's a little bit too late for my liking. Um, or maybe it's good that he's so late, and it's the idea that you know we're so transfixed from getting over the number seven that we don't think maybe any one of them is going to have that amount of oomph to it. Mm. I don't know. Um. He's a video game big boss. Aren't you supposed to meet the video game big boss halfway through so they can tease you? That'd well, cool. I think they're going classic video game. Like, you don't really see the big boss till the end. So you just fight all, like, the mini bosses until you get to the big boss. So if they're going on that trope, I guess, like, it's not... Like, I I, I, I agree with you that, like, they don't, they don't show him enough to make him, like, a feel like a big boss. But yeah. if they're going along, along that line... He's the one who kills me. He gets to play a level again. I guess there's something in that. 
Yeah. Side note: How long until Wallace sleeps with Nega Scott? Because he's <laughs> he's got Scott, other Scott in the bed. How long till ne- like? Wouldn't that be a great final bit if they all like sat up? That'd have been funny. Yeah. I truly believe that the second he goes off screen, Wallace has already just snatched him up. <laughs> um, there was another alternate ending that was going to be filmed and was never filmed, but they, cause they ran out of time for the, for the reshoots. But it was going to be a um, like news footage where they kind of drop the video game aesthetic and say that a Toronto teen involved in the music scene has murderly killed seven people. Wow. <laughs> so kind of going like Chicago with it. Yeah, but at the yeah. end, you find out. Remember how you felt really excited that he was doing all that stuff? Yeah. yeah he's a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> he never had to fight the seven evil oh, exes. Well, he's crazy. That would have been a different ending. Wouldn't that have been something? That would have got me. That'd he walks away me, with a dude. goes through the door, and it just all fades from like super saturated color to a little bit gray. And we and we panda like a radio broadcast. I was like, when I heard that, I was like, I kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys uh, talk about the other ending where he ends up with knives, not with Ramona? We did. Maybe yeah. we should go around the table and go, what do you think the better ending is? Is it he ends up with knives? Here's three. He ends up with knives. He ends up with Ramona. He ends up single. I'm going to give you those three options there. Georgia. Ramona. Liam. I wanted it to be Ramona, but... The film told me that's supposed to be knives, so I'd rather have been knives because that's what it was leading up to. Ethan, single, because that third one, I was going to say, I was going to say knives, but single makes more sense because he needs to learn as well who he is going to be and what he wants. And Ramona, I, I, I don't think they last long after this. I just, I think it's like a we need to feel good about ourselves type thing. Uh, can you repeat the last sentence? You kind of went garbly for a minute. Uh, I, I think it's like uh, they they don't end up that long because like we need to feel better about ourselves after our previous relationships. She like Scott to her is what knives was to him in okay. a sense of feeling better and being in a healthy somewhat relationship. Okay, James. I agree with Ethan, and also because the whole thing with the power of self respect, he's like learning from his own actions. He sh- probably should like take the time to be with, with himself and with Nega Scott so he can like just uh, like uh, so he not actually be with somebody so he can learn how to be in a relationship while he's by himself kind of thing. Yep, because his insecurity is a massive deal for the film. I'm mm. going to join Liam and say the movie tells me that he's supposed to end up with knives. Mm. The moves they did in Dance Dance Revolution being the moves needed to defeat Gideon. Ramon even says you two make a good couple. Mm-hmm. The film tells me about three times in the last five minutes of the film, these two are going to end up together, be on the side for that. We're about to pivot. And then instead it gets her going, come on, you know you should be with her. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'll be fine, slugger. <laughs> Just I'm too a- cool for you anyway. Um, a bit of a shift. It did seem a bit of a shift. Um, no, I'm wrong. Ramona's an f- infinitely more interesting character. Oh, yeah. The Knives. Knives is pretty... No, not just respect to the actress who played her. I think did a good job. I'm just not sure she was given much besides cliches, and maybe she's that cliche, your first heartbreak, and all that sort of cliche stuff, right? Girl, wasn't she? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she was actually the the character was one of the wrestlers in Glow. Yes, she was one of the wrestlers in Glow. <laughs> Still not seen that yet. 
Well, that's why I brought up Glow. You didn't make it. You, you were like, I only saw one no, episode. I, I knew I recognized the name. Oh, okay. And it'll be like Ellen Wong. It'll Ellen be Wong. From the, it'll be from the credits of Glow. There you go. Because um, that's how my memory was. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, what should this film have been called? Well, Scott Pilgrim vs. The Seven Evil Exes. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, the world at all. The comic book it feels like of Scott Pilgrim. I don't know. <laughs> the, 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 the computerized gaming version of Scott Pilgrim. I don't know. <laughs> it didn't, versus the world wasn't really, he wasn't taking on the world. I don't think the world. Not at all. Just seven evil X's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's, <laughs> James, I'll give you this one. It's a bit of a low hanging. Here, here, here's a, here's a ball you can hit out of the park and do a bat flip with. <laughs> Whose story is it? <laughs> I could give a joke answer, but it is Scott. <laughs> Feel free to go with <laughs> Stunt guy number three. <laughs> yeah. It's Nega Scott's story. Nega Scott's story. Um, musical inspiration. Songs that should have been on the soundtrack. Hey, Mona. Ooh, Mona. The Australian guy. Craig McCoughlin. Tell you what I'm gonna do, build a house next door to you. Uh, I'm gonna go with hey, hey, you, you. I could be your girlfriend. Your girlfriend <laughs> from uh, except for I want I want Scott to sing it to Ramona. <laughs> <laughs> oh, didn't Justin Timberlake do? I could be your boyfriend. Do do. It's in sync. Do 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 do. Anyway, another it's, another in sync. It's gonna be me. It's gonna be me. <laughs> there we are. Uh. Songs about fighting. Kung Fu fighting. Everybody was Kung Fu fighting. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those kicks were fast as light. Absolutely. Does the Mortal Kombat theme count for this? Actually, you know what? Absolutely. <laughs> the Street Fighter. Fight. Fight. That was good. KO. Um, oh. Five Colors in Her Hair by McFly. Oh, very yeah. good. good one, yeah. God, I love that song. Oh, I, I love, love that, that song. When he finally beats um, Gideon at the end, it's Canadian content. If I had a million dollars, if I had a... In Loonies and Toonies. Oh, <laughs> by the way, James, can you confirm for me that Loonies and Toonies are a thing? Ethan refuses to believe. Yes, they are. I can sh- I have one right now if you want to oh, see. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Conspiracy. <laughs> Is it buried at center ice somewhere? <laughs> Here we go. Looking forward to this. He's opening some sort of wallet contraption. There is a two. Oh, I'll the lighting. There it is, Toonie. There we go. Oh, wow. Bear on it. Actually, if, bear on if you look at even the back. If, <laughs> oh, there used the queen, to be a, the queen is on my loony. There used to be a there used to be a great the queen joke. one. Wow. There used to be a great <laughs> joke. Can I say a great joke if the punchline's at the queen's expense? Yeah, go, for it. go ahead. Yes. Liam, I know you're the most delicate of it. Yes. Okay. I will need the visual help of James DeGuzman on this one. Okay. Apologies for people who don't have Canadian coins at them. We're going to go ahead. We're going to go ahead and do this right now. <laughs> so, if you, how many animals, James, are on a uh, Canadian toonie? Oh, <laughs> you can do four? Higher. Is there, oh. There's six. Six. So, if you could show me the side that doesn't have the queen's hat on it, yes. Okay. So, first of all, you see is there's a polar bear, right? Yeah. 
Could I get you to rotate the coin 180 degrees? We've now got three penguins on an ice floe. Oh, my God, you do. <laughs> Could you please turn it, rotate it 90 degrees? You'll see we have a T-Rex. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we're up to five. And could you flip it one more time, flip Aww. it to the other side of the coin, and a mad cow. <laughs> <laughs> I truly thought you were going to say another dinosaur. Oh, that's so much better. Bless your queenie. So, yeah, bless, bless the queen. God's in the yeah, queen. Yeah, yeah. Six animals on a tootie. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, wish I wish the UK had currency clever. that could be a polar bear, three penguins, and a T Rex. Yeah, nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just just an old joke. It's all right. When those coins were first manufactured, the middle would fall out. Uh, and so for a while, if yeah. TikTok had been a thing, it would have gone viral for sure. People were wearing those like necklaces. Yeah. They're putting chains through them and stuff. Yeah, I remember that. Now, now, now you really can't get it to do that. Like no, they work, no, they work no, really no. hard to make sure our money doesn't break it. <laughs> Um, what's your what's your um mint over there you know like we have the royal mint what's what's royal canadian mint oh okay yeah <laughs> just kind of those ones isn't it <laughs> yeah it does yeah yeah um what is the story here james what do you think the story is here scott getting over envy adams <laughs> oh, okay so i know envy adams because we see that for a bunch of girls in this movie as well scott's one of their evil exes yeah scott's Ooh. clearly an evil ex to kim Scott's an evil never was, if not an ex to what's her name from Parks and Rec, Aubrey yeah. Plaza. Oh, Aubrey, Julie. yeah, yeah. And then there's yeah. a whole she kind of, and then Envy kind of wants him back. She does, and he turns her down. Yeah, and that's weaponized. It's weaponized. It's not just a no. I'm where we shouldn't be together. It's no. I'm with her now. Yeah. Most and there's like a whole laundry list. Yeah, there's a whole laundry list as well of I think it's Julie says to Scott of, of people that she that Scott's wrong. Yeah. as well is like. And then to, to Nigel is an evil ex yeah. at various points in this. And I guess it's that old thing that, yeah, like we're all someone's our evil ex and we're all someone else's evil ex. No, you know what I mean? I'm nobody's evil mm. ex. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, as a result, you know, if, if, just whose comic book is it? Whose book are we reading? In this case, it's, it's Scott's because yeah, it says so it, on, it, on, on it, the cover. Yeah. But in someone else's story, you're, it, it you're can, the villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that becomes a, a pretty complicated, yeah, yeah way, way, way to look at some stuff. I was telling someone the other day, I said, I've been a victim of my own story. I've been the villain in someone else's. I'm really out of judgment to give. A lot of the time, I try to be anyway. So the only time I've been with someone, and I reckon it didn't end up with either of us being the evil ex, is we went on one date, took Pippin for a walk. Pippin decided to pick up a dead squirrel, believe this or not, after his behavior today. Um, and would not drop it. <laughs> would not come near anyone so you could put him back on the lead. Would not drop this dead squirrel. There. Luckily, <laughs> the person I was dating happened to work in a factory and they had eggs in their car. And Pippin loves an egg. Oh, does <laughs> Loves a raw egg. We'll just go mad for one. And thankfully, they had these eggs because we just dropped one on the floor and he went to eat it and I was able to put him back on the lead. Jeez. We did not. We both parted ways. Neither one of us sent a message to the other one <laughs> after that <laughs> day. <laughs> so I'm very sure that was, that was probably the most mutual of... Uh, did he come away with egg on his face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, songs that... Should we done songs already? Uh, roll the women, Georgia. That's pretty good in this film, isn't it? It makes me really happy. They're quite kick-ass, aren't they? Yeah. It's, there's, lo- there's more than one woman, which is lovely. It's not completely... Although it is centred around a romance, it's not 
it doesn't feel that at any point either of them is just a prize uh, which I think would have been really easy to make this like Ramona is a prize for Scott let's just run with it and make it really simple but it isn't that at any point which I really appreciate um there's one of the exes is a woman which is great um and it's just it's just really nice i've thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed the role of women in this film i liked that knives could have easily just been a cliche yeah i'm the ex-girlfriend who can't get over scott yep but they actually work really hard to give her an arc at the end too where she needs to understand that Ramona isn't her enemy Scott is. Well that's why I like the way how and, they end it as yeah, well. Yeah. And stop it. Now, I don't they better you should be with her cuz then it kind of forgives Scott of what he's yeah, done. Yeah. And I'm like no I mean there's times when people you know are bad to other people and they should have to carry it a little bit i think it's mm. good for you to carry it a little bit i think it's how we I learn agree. people are like i don't live life with any regrets well then you're an idiot because regrets <laughs> stop us regrets stop us from making the same mistake again i'm not saying you beat yourself up about it i never make mistakes. i'm not saying guilt <laughs> guilt is different than a regret i think mm-hmm. guilt implies it's sort of like omnipresently there you're just always in that state I think a regret goes, yeah, if I could go back and do this, I would do this differently. Yeah, I would. And that's that's okay. I think that... that so anybody goes, sorry, if you're one of those people who have those pillows embroidered on your uh, on your, on your your sofa, or to use an old no school rag Canadian rats. term. No regrets. <laughs> to use an old Canadian... Good vibes only. To use an old Canadian term, if it's on your Chesterfield. Um, that used to be one of the words that used to distinguish Canadians from Americans long since gone. No one calls it a Chesterfield anymore. It's a sofa, isn't it? It's the name of an old sofa brand, isn't it? Chesterfield? Chesterfield. It might have been an old brand, but Chesterfield became a name that was synonymous with all sofas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was one of those things where it's like, what's a jacuzzi? It's a hot tub, but everyone... Yeah, it's the brand of something that just became... What's ping pong? It's a brand of yeah, table yeah. tennis, which... Hoover. Hoover. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think it's one of those. Although it's not as big in North North America, I think we just use the word vacuum. I think Hoover is a very British specific thing. Oh, okay. We have the Hoover brand, yeah. but it does, hasn't become synonymous with the thing. Oh, okay. Whereas Kleenex, mm-hmm. very much. We don't. Um, we don't. Wouldn't call if someone said pass me a Kleenex. Yeah. You'd look at them like. Oh, you sure? I know what you mean, but really. Oh, no, Kleenex just replaced the word. I, I mean, you could say you tissue, don't say tissue or hanky. You do. That's what I'm saying. Is yeah, we yeah, we yeah. say Kleenex, but George is telling me you wouldn't do that here. Maybe no, it's a generational thing. I always, I always say tissue. Yeah, very much a tissue. Interesting. Maybe it's a generational thing. It might be an intergenerational thing. Maybe. Yeah. Um, anybody else have any other thoughts on the role of women? No, I uh, thought they were really strong characters. With Gideon, they're like, Gideon is wrong for many things, but because he, he also, he views Ramona as just an object and prize, and they make it very clear... That is bad. That's not how you view yeah, women. She's not happy. This guy is bad. Is is Ramona anything? Is Ramona better than? Because here's the question: She's without question. She's an enigma. She's a manic pixie dream girl. Does she ever supersede that? Does she become more than that? Does she have growth? Because she's I just going to. She's just going to run away at the end of the movie, as originally written. She's going to move away to another city and try and get over Scott now, as well as everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Like she just re- video game. She just resets. I think there's there's some growth when she does the when you get the reveal of the little tag on the back of her neck that like Gideon has in it. I think that's a really really interesting kind of way of viewing the power and emphasis men can over have over women and put, like putting it in an actual thing. I think is really really interesting because then when she's able to it comes out, she's able to be who she is and not who she is being controlled by someone. And I think that's a really lovely way of nuancing that that happens in real life but with a video game esque over the top. Can I come back at you with something? Yeah. It's video game, right? Yeah. 
isn't she the literal prize to be won at the end of it? She is, but it doesn't feel like that because she has a character throughout. Okay. Because she's not held up somewhere. Yeah, because she's because right. she makes she has agency throughout. She leaves Scott a couple of times, and they fight, and she walks away from things. And it seems with like Lucas Lee, she's they're still on good terms. Uh, it's not. Yeah, all... and she invites him to come. So the one night she shuts him down for sex, it seems the following night she's clearly invited him around for sex, yep. and he chooses not to because he can't deal with the fact that he saw Envy that night. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Just just curious. Yeah, and that to be fair, that whole scene where she says, "Actually, no, I've changed my mind," is massive. I it made that made me feel so validated just seeing that in a film because you don't usually see that. Usually, it's either sex or no sex, or they don't have sex for whatever reason. But to, to see a woman just go, "I've changed my mind. I don't want to," and for him and to be okay so it. okay, like more than okay with it, is just it was just so wonderful. It made me really, really happy. It's because he had sleepy time tea. <laughs> <laughs> you know they never drank the tea. What was that? <laughs> right, they didn't drink the tea. What was that liver tea? Called. Huh? What was that liver tea? I think that was the one of the jokes. He says you made a couple of those up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I've got the list somewhere, but <laughs> no idea where. I don't think it's one of the ones I saved. If it is one of the ones I saved, I'll. Uh, no, it's not one of the ones I saved. So unfortunately, no. Um. Favorite character, favorite character, best character, best acting performance. Read it however you want to read it. James, the story you. Um, I like. I really like the uh, knives cow. Just her like little arc of just being like a, just being her. Even just in the beginning, her eyes getting wide open to like the like that world, and then just her arc throughout the whole story. Okay, Ethan. Wallace is he's, he's he's snarky, he's fruity, and he just likes a good time. <laughs> ready, ready for this? If you remove Wallace from this movie, nothing changes. No, nothing. A couple of funny visual gags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just some, some funnies happen. Okay, so I think, some some comic relief is different. I'll give you that. Yeah, may, may, maybe Scott's sister doesn't find anything out because he he is her version of exposition and, and law dumps. And, and then she would have had to be the exposition dump. You're right. Because yeah. right now it's the two of them. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they would. They would. Here's the thing: without without him, they would have had to up Scott, who is a character who I would have liked to actually heard more from. Yeah, I think. Although, if you think about it this way, it's his thing. You, teenage, he's only what twenty odd year old boy. I just want her as an expert. I just wanted to have more of a character. That's all. Yeah, no, I know, but like your sister wouldn't be much of your life. They go to the same party though. It seems like right. Was Mm -hmm. she invited to that party? I'm not trying to remember now. Actually, I'm not sure if I see her there. She she's eighteen. I remember they say she's yeah she's eighteen. Yeah. I like Ramona. I thought um, I thought she was. Uh, I like the way she she doesn't um, fall for Scott straight away. She's just like, oh, you're that annoying guy that approached me at a party. Um, it ain't until she comes to the door with a parcel that he's got on purpose, isn't it, for her to come to the door? Yeah, he bought it so that yeah, they would yeah, meet up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, he is it romantic or is it manipulative? And he, yeah, and he wouldn't take no for an answer. And she says, "If you, yeah. if you sign, that's a good point. <laughs> it's not a great beginning. No, it's very Ted Mosby, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, but then she does begin to like him, and she does find fun, and but she stays her true self, I think, with him, even though she's because she's still mysterious all the way through. And I like the fact that she changes her hair. I like the fact that she, you know, she's got her own agency to her character, and yeah. I like her, Georgia. I like Kim a lot. She makes me happy. Just a, Kim? Yeah. I thought you would. <laughs> okay. She just cracks me up. 
and yeah. I enjoy that she's got a little bit more of an arc than first kind of first comes across. Okay. And she um, leads the band, doesn't she? So, you know, what she she sets the tempo. She's probably the most masculine in behaviour yeah. of the band. Yeah. And she's got some brilliant lines before she like does the one, two, three, four. They're, they're brilliant. <laughs> yes, that's true. Every one of her lead-ins were generally really quite good. Funny, yeah. uh, uh, my favourite character is... Actually, this is really difficult for me. I guess I'm going to go with Scott. I guess. He's your every man, I think, for that as well. Yeah, he is. I mean, video game <laughs> logic. He is. He is your. Actually, that's, that's yeah. an excellent point. He is your avatar. He's the player. So, yeah. Unlike most times, you're going, Liam. You're not supposed to see yourself in the person. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> supposed to see themselves in Scott. Yeah. Because everybody's supposed to have been theoretically with someone who's had a bad breakup or someone who's got baggage. Because who can't relate to this? I've got baggage from my old relationship, and so do I. Mm-hmm. And don't let don't project because there is that one bit. Oh, I didn't talk about it enough. Oh, we did a little bit, but when he gets like really stupid at the party and is like, "Is there anybody here you haven't slept with?" It's like, whoa, yeah, yeah. Okay, you can't treat everybody the same. Chill, yeah. Jeez, are you, are you trying to become one of the? Uh, one of the evil axes. Very rapidly. Yeah, very, very rapidly. <laughs> Crikey. It would have been great if she went, yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. Um, where are we at here next? Uh, let's do another one. Favorite of the evil axes. James. Uh, Lucas Lee. Lucas Lee? Yeah. Yeah, he is good at this, isn't he? He is. Ethan? Oh, I'm gonna say Roxy just because I like the I like that it was sort of a surprise, but it's like you said that line of I'm by furious. Ooh. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's how I've never used yeah. how I've never used that in my life. I don't know, but I, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna. <laughs> Liam Lucas Lee, yeah, by far. Georgia, um, I think it's gonna be Roxy. She cracked me up. I really enjoy you punch my tit. And I like that she's foreshadowed earlier. She comes in, they do yes. a bit of a thing, and then she comes back round again. And I enjoyed the setup for every time she corrected ex-boyfriends to exes because it just, I mean, the first time she said it, I clocked on, but like, it was nice to see it then paid off. I'm going to go with Todd. Todd is brilliant. I like, I like the base battle. I like the fact that he gets beaten by like which basically the princess bride. Yeah. Which cup have I put? Except for, remember the points, just which one they put the half and half in. <laughs> I thought really hard about it. And, and the then it reduces that was his, his third violation. And it was his third violation because the first one he's like, <laughs> I, I didn't know it was that. And the other one was like, Yeah, chicken. you, you <laughs> ate chicken. chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I like chicken. <laughs> 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 Take away his legitimate. And there's the vegan vegan police (laughs) and thank god it's just the hands uh brandon ruth is is actually really good in that i'm sorry very good comic time we need to see him in more things actually yeah that's a shame i swear i think he came back as superman for a bit but that was on tv and then he kind of just faded yeah there's gotta be something for him he's a good looking dude that's not gonna go away yeah he's like six foot two you can't teach someone to be six foot two you are well, he was in that um, DC thing, TV thing that was spin off. Oh, Barrow. Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow, wasn't he? Yeah. Was? Oh, yeah. He was he was Captain Atom or whatever his name. The Atom. Yeah. He's kind of like a young man's Brendan Fraser. Yeah, he is. He is. This is some yeah, look, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. This guy. I I, I, can, uh, I don't want him to become like Josh Hartnett and you never see him again. I liked him. He's all right. Yeah, it seems yeah. he's, he's moved to TV. That yeah. That's he's just playing the the Atom, I guess. Cool. Oh, that's um, it. Best moment, best element. 
Scobie the in isn't it? Oh, it's, it's that's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> it's brilliant. And for such a small budget as well, the effects that they do manage, I yep. think they're really cool. Uh, Jibs, thoughts? Sorry, can you repeat that again? Best moment uh, or element? Um, wait, the, when Envy Abs is singing Black Sheep is one of my, like, it's, I still have that song on my phone. It's just like that whole, like, set and everything. Really like that song. I haven't talked about that performance really enough in this. That was written by the Canadian band Metric, if memory serves, as opposed to the other songs which were written by Beck. Um, yeah. And it's a reference to an old video game. All all the other bands, well, all the band names are references to video games, but that one was like some like old school like computer side scroller. I want to say. Cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she's good. You can see why she'd be famous and popular, and people would remember her. Da 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 da. Brie Larson is a good singer. Is it? Is it actually her doing the vocals? It's actually her. Yeah, she. I think it was during COVID. Like they had like a Scott Pilgrim thing and Did they she do like a table it. read or something like that or uh... yeah something like that I, she might have just sang it on her youtube channel at some point i can't remember That's i cool. like brie larson uh while you're talking to us ethan you got a favorite moment moment uh the, oh, the style was really good i like the chemistry between everyone because it's so like with the script it's so snappy but the performances and chemistry especially between like the i'm gonna say the big three of scott ramona and knives I really, really like it. There's just this really good dynamic between them. I agree with that, yeah. Liam? Um, as much as it confused me, I did enjoy the visuals of it. I did thought, I did think, you know, like when they're fighting and stuff, that had the kapows and all this that and the other in the background sometimes. And uh, it is very visually stimulating in the fact that, you know, it might be going quite quick by your eyes and you are getting confused, but it, it does i can understand why it's appealing towards people because it has that computer game-esque feel to it um and i like the surrealness of the fighting i thought that was quite good i really enjoyed the fighting i love it more now now you told me that that was jackie chan's stunt team <laughs> i i'm oh, all I over that. oh cool so yeah 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 right so um yeah probably the fight scenes for me uh for me it's going to be the uh we said Edgar Wright spent a year planning this before he shot it and you don't get a movie as polished as the editing shows us without the foresight of realizing where everything is going to lead to and Clever. shooting with the editing in your mind. Mm. This thing must have been storyboarded out like crazy. It had to be, didn't it? Has to be. Because you can't just find this in the edits. No. So uh, I'm going to go with that. The pre-production that went into this on more of a dialogue or a story level, but on a visual level. I think is going to get mine. Um, let's go with a grumble, a grumble. Uh, I imagine bringing it to the table. You're not going to have huge amounts of them, but any any grumbles on this one, James? Um, is like um, I don't know. I. I because I, it's just, yeah, sorry, I just had a bit of a mouth. Ugh, sorry. You're right, buddy, it happens. Um, does Scott really, like, learn anything? You know, oh, like, oh good just, question. Does Scott really learn anything? Like, it's the, in the actual graphic novel, it's not the power of self respect, it's the power of understanding. Oh. It's a little different. It's very different. That's different, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he gets self respect, but does, 
is he especially when he gets back with Ramon? Does he really learn anything, or is it just he's still like a kind of a dickhead? Yeah. <laughs> Fair way to put it, Ethan. You know, for all that dialogue that we got, being like, "You guys are really good together," and look at the, I, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't like that they're like, yeah, she's really, they're really good together. Go off and be with her. It's, it's, it's that like we gotta make it worth a while. I prefer the version where. You know, Scott knows what knows his worth, and not just to be like manic pixie dream girl. Wow, she's so interesting and mysterious. You saying she's a mysterious girl? <laughs> mysterious girl. Uh, I have to apologize, James. This is a terrible track that is uh, only famous in the UK. What do you mean? What do you mean terrible? It went to number one. Pierre Andre. Your, your version of the song has literally been Pip Recoil. Come on, move your body. <laughs> yes, Peter, uh, Peter, Peter Andre, a bad reality star here in the UK, released <laughs> a track many years ago. Uh, was he a pop star first and then a reality star? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah he was, yeah. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> um, did he do a song for Disney? He did um, Kiss the Girl, didn't he? He probably covered no. it. I think he did it, yeah. Liam, grumble. Oh. Uh, my grumble is, I you know, it's not surprising. I was very confused by this film. I didn't really know where it was coming, going left, right, up, down. I didn't know if I was a side-scroller or whether I was in the Zelda dream world. I didn't know. Um, I got very confused by the characters. At one point, I thought um, Brie Larson's character was uh, Ramona anyway, but in a different wig because she kept changing her hair. I thought that was going to be a bigger thing, but it wasn't. Um uh, I didn't like the fact that the film told us that um, Knives and Scotch get together um, all the way through and then pivoted. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, there's important dialogue happening here. Keep going. Oh, okay. Um, I did wonder. And uh, yeah, and then he went off with Ramona. So I think <laughs> I'd rather have had the whole, you know, you're setting me up for Knives and Scott to get together. So do it, you know. Don't pivot and then go, well, what the hell have I just watched? What? Why? Mm. You know? So it's the pivot. Yeah, it just didn't sit right with me. All right. Georgia. Um, yeah, there's just a couple of elements where I go there. Ended up with like how Scott kind of like introduces himself to people and uh, to like Ramona and those sort of things. You kind of go, oh, it's a little, it's a little bit icky in places. But I think because it is a, a comic book centred around a young man there's always going to be little bits and pieces where you kind of go oh and it was several years ago so there's going to times have changed so i don't i don't hold it against the film for it but i'm just going I th- but it, it it wins it back as well so i'm not mad at it really at all basically this is me saying i don't really have a grumble so yeah back to you all right uh, it's the pivot mm. it's absolutely the pivot it's the the movie tells me in the third act about three separate times explicitly it's gonna be these two and so as a result, we get to the end of the road with those two. And she goes, nah, go on, be with her. And we're supposed to go, yes, because it's what we want superficially. <laughs> we're actually, I thought they went to some really interesting places when Knives both, I think I think she definitely saves Scott. She might at one point save Ramona. And I'm I going, she might. yeah, that, that that's a powerful message mm. and growth. Mm. And said to just be the helper as opposed to, 
you know, a partner, like the, the, the cooperative fighting beats Gideon. And it was just so she can go, you have him. Yeah. Seems odd. I'm going to be with young Neil. <laughs> uh, yeah, it did feel a bit odd to me. So yeah. that would be my grumble. Same. Anybody's best role ever. I don't think I've seen. I think I've seen Michael Saren enough to go. I think this is his best role ever. I do. I probably everything enough. else. He's just playing the same, but less nuanced. This has got some nuance to it. Yeah. Yeah. Aubrey's um, always the same. <laughs> Yeah, Anna Kendrick's been better. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen her in enough. I've seen her in some. I thought Brandon Ruth was quite good in this, but I, he went in I haven't even seen, I haven't even seen Superman Returns. Have you not? No. He's actually not a bad Superman, to be fair. Just yeah. bad script. Chris Evans' yeah. best role ever <laughs> was probably Knives Out. <laughs> it's definitely not Brie Larson, because there's there's room, which she won her Oscar for, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with that one. I haven't seen it, but yeah, I'll take oh, your word for good. it. I haven't, um, really seen, I haven't even seen Captain Marvel. Oh, Captain, like Marvel Captain Marvel is good. I it, I, yeah. People people hate on it for no reason, but I, I love Captain Marvel as a character anyway, and I'm so excited for the second one coming out this year. Trailer looks good. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's so much better. It, she's good in this, but she's better in... Uh, oh, was it? Uh, Clo- 10 Cloverfield Lane. She's so much better in that. Not seeing that. I love that film. Oh, cool. It's it's John Goodman is like a doomsday prepper, and she's trying to figure out if the apocalypse has happened and he saved her, or she's just been kidnapped. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Why are we talking about this? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So those are uh, <laughs> and any thoughts you've had on the topic, Chips? Um, everyone does really good, but not no, not best role ever. <laughs> okay, what's Sarah better in? I'm just curious. So, sorry, so which one? Michael Sarah. I, I like them a lot in Superbad. Like it's oh, it's, hang on, like- hang on. I didn't consider Superbad. That's an excellent point. I hadn't considered that. I may have to rescind mine. <laughs> I was considering Juno, and I was considering like this is uh, sorry the end. Not this is the end. Just the end. Oh, yeah. this is that he's so oh. funny, and he's like. Youth and Revolt. He's very good in that. Yeah, this isn't his best. <laughs> the Lego Batman movie. Lego Batman movie. He's great in that. He's so good as Robin. Yeah, he is. Oh, I love Lego Batman movie. It's I mean, good. you don't have to about voice acting, but still. Yeah. Still. He's very good in that, yeah. Yeah. Um, there we are. Um, oh, Ethan, I hope uh, your COVID doesn't go. It's not like you're very good at this when you're healthy, so let's try it out. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Age game, age game. Let some of us play the age game. Because I think George has had some spoilers on this, as have I. Oh, Ooh. I just want it to be magically really good. No. So I think this is a, you want to pull a Ethan, didn't you? Fight! It's just James versus Liam. So I will say who has to answer first each round. So it's an even number. Okay. All right? So... Liam is like an end-level boss at this, though, just so you're aware. Ethan's, <laughs> Liam's probably our Jason Schwartzman. It's to the He's death. Gideon. <laughs> okay. Uh, so first, we have Michael Sarah. Liam go first. I think he's... He looks young, but I think he's older than he is in this, so I'm going to go 25. James. Um, 26, just going up. 
Ooh. Liam gets it just by like by luck. He's twenty one. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Jay, uh, next one up. Let's go. James will answer first. Uh, we have Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Ramona Flowers, twenty four. Liam, yeah, I think she's older. Twenty seven. Oh, James gets that just by because she's twenty five. I was going to say 26. Damn you. I want to split it. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one, Liam will go first. Uh, we have uh, Ellen Wong as Knives Chow. Knives Chow. 20. James. Oh, I was just, just going to say that. Um, she looks really 19. I'm just going to go younger. 19. Oh, she went high. She's twenty four. Yeah, the irony is wow. that yeah. it's about him dating a younger girl. She's older than him. Oh. <laughs> so uh, the person with the advantage has won none of the times. I think to this point, <laughs> James, uh, you're first on this one. Next, we have Scott's little sister, Anna Kendrick. Twenty three. I was going to say twenty three. So twenty two. James gets that by default because she's 24. Oh. His little sister is older. I'm not sure you used the word default correctly. <laughs> no, nope, I did not. I forgot the word. He got there entirely by merit. <laughs> there we go. I was gonna, I was like, gonna... like, like, like if Liam choked on like a, a, a soup bone that he was currently enjoying and died and couldn't answer us, we'd have to give it to Jace by default. <laughs> by default. Uh, yes. Next, we have Kieran Culkin as Wallace. Uh, I think this is Liam first on this one. Yeah. Um, 27. I'll just guess that. Um, 26. That's Liam's. He is 27. Oh, wow, okay. You know him to go there. <laughs> and then finally, we have Jason Schwartzman is G Man. And that's Gideon. James. You're up first. 35. Yeah, I was going to cast older. 30. He's 29, so <gasps> this is Dang. Liam 4, James 2. I was keeping track. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing else to do. So this would be the the, the KO. It's <laughs> not enough to do, like, finish him. <laughs> um, so there we go. Uh, and our own version of the age game, if we can say a happy, 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 happy birthday to our very own friend of the podcast, Poet Laureate. Hey. Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. And that's Dwayne smooth. That's from Thursday. So on Thursday, have the happiest birthday. Yeah. Dwayne Smithius. That is what the important information was being passed across. Uh, I was writing, but attempting to write it the right way up for Ian. So I, I was writing oh. upside down. Yeah, I can read upside down just fine. Well, I figured you could, but I was Happy challenging birthday, myself. <laughs> Happy b- birthday, birthday, birthday. Woo, woo, woo. From the BFE. <laughs> Uh, so there we go. Uh, the critics, as we're going to get right into for that, the critics, uh, they gave this film uh, 82% on that, 7.5 on the IMDb. But what did our friends, the, well, the friends about, what did the good, the bad, and the Ebes have to say about this? Go ahead, Georgia. So we've got Andrea Grovnell from the Chicago Reader who says, Michael Sarah elevated elevates deadpan to an art, starring as a slacker-turned-action hero in this wildly inventive comedy. Um, and then we had Kirk Honeycutt from Hollywood Reporter who said, this is a discouragingly limp movie where nothing is at stake. He didn't like it. Wow. Um, and then I went searching for an Ebes review and found this question and answer. 
Why haven't you reviewed Scott Ver- Pilgrim vs. the World? Well, it's certainly underperformed at the box office, given your embarrassingly tumultuous relationship with video games. It would seem like a it would seem like fertile ground for a nuanced and controlled critique of video game culture and its effects on other forms of media. And that was asked by Christian Russo. Roger Ebert's response was, video games rank low on the list of tumultuous relationships I have feel embarrassed about, but I've been amazed how often I've been asked your question. I took a month's leave to work on my memoirs and alas, didn't see Scott Pilgrim. I still sleep nights. <laughs> <laughs> that man hates video games or hated video games. Mm. You ever seen the final tweet he ever made? No. No. Okay, I'm not going to say it, but I'm just going to leave. If, if you have time, go on Twitter, look at Roger Ebert's final tweet, and just go, wow. Or, wow! <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, 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 they all work. We're going to have a new one of that soon, I'm pretty sure, with the Star Wars. Is that right? Okay, <laughs> so, I look forward to it. Yeah, I said, yeah. Um... Uh, let's take a look at uh, I put a fleece out I put this one out well early because I knew it was going away and didn't want him to sleep on it is Scott Pilgrim a great film good film okay film or poor film it was all over the place but when the dust settled and the coins were collected 44% called this a great movie 29% good 20 okay and 7% poor I think the poor was the first vote that came in <laughs> and I was like oh people aren't going to like this one that much <laughs> so there we go uh, do we have any reviews from our friends of the podcast, our Patreon backers over at patreon.com slash BFE. We do. We have one from Cheesy. With a fish on a bike. He says, I love Edgar Wright as a director, and this film is filled with classic right from the very clever transitions to the banging soundtrack. The dialogue is banter between the characters and is excellent. I could have watched um, that the whole time without the fights, but the fights are great, blending comic book and video game styles, creating a juxtaposition with the normal scenes and helping with the overall pacing of the film. All the characters are played well, but I loved it every time Scott and Wallace shared the screen. Overall, I have a great time on this 100 miles per hour comic book computer game comedy fight club movie. <laughs> who was that? Cheesy. Cheesy. Well done again, buddy. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got <clears throat> Nate the Great, who says, such a fun, witty, entertaining, hilarious, and magnificent movie. All the humor hits, and I love the comic book effects and, vi- and visuals are incredible. Michael Sarah was the perfect person to play the lead. He's so generic looking and deadpan the whole time his humour and talent really shine the only thing I didn't like was Brie Larson Wallace was one of my favourite secondary characters of all time but did he like it? (laughs) (laughs) who was that? that That was really great great. yeah uh, and then finally, we have birthday boy himself, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith! Birthday, birthday, birthday. woo, woo, woo. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Who says, Scott Pilgrim is a silly film. It's also an incredibly clever film. I love the video game slash comic book format. It's great fun to watch, clever, funny, and sometimes emotional. Michael Sarah seems perfect to play Scott. I say that knowing nothing about the IP, but it works for me. The cast is phenomenal, and I think most were unknown when this was released. I watched it at the cinema when it came out and really enjoyed it. Upon rewatch this week, it was a different experience. I noticed things I didn't notice before and enjoyed it in a whole new way. Incidentally, I was watching this when my wife came home. She said, nice to see you're watching a nice, sensible film. (laughs) (laughs) Who was that? Dwayne. Dwayne Smith! Dwayne Smith! Happy birthday. Happy birth, 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 birthday. All right, there we go. Uh, let's take a look at our fledgling fandom over on the Twitter. Uh, Danny from Musical says, Absolutely one of my favorite films for the longest time. Oh, 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 for the longest time. It was the only film that successfully had the vibe of a video game. I'm so excited for the animated series. I said, what? It's an animated series? Netflix has done this. They have already announced the cast. Are you aware of this, James? 
Yep, I conveniently they announced it like what, like last week or a week before, and they, it's all the same cast as in the movie. Oh, wow. is it really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's an it's an anime as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to that's, that. That's why I asked him. There's an animated series? Question mark. Oh no, yep. but it's in like anime. Oh, like anime. Anime, oh, anime yeah. is in like yeah, Japanese. On the note of the stuff. anime, something I didn't bring up yet is that if you look really carefully, very seldomly, like very very seldomly, do the actors in this film blink. Oh. To give them the appeal <laughs> of an anime, so they cast characters purposely who had big, expressive faces and big, evocative eyes. I could have been in this. Yeah, <laughs> on my hand, I I've got written no blinking. And I read that, and I was like, "What is this? A statue thing? <laughs> Did I miss this? What the what?" No, so it was yeah, it was that concept. So apparently, the best one at it was Allison Pill, who played Kim. Oh, okay, that yeah. is a surprise move. Yeah. yeah. So there we are. Uh, also <laughs> on the fledgling fandom, we've got he's got Twitter. Anthony, hey. Hey. Uh, who said that's the neighbor of the podcaster, Anthony, who says, uh, I thought this was a good film, funny in places, some reasonable fight scenes and visually very different to a lot of films you see. I wouldn't make any effort to see it again, but I'm pleased I've seen it. And he gives it a rating. Ooh. I'll read it out. Seven and a half out of ten. Nice. David from Scriptical says, I understand what's going on in this movie. I'm in some strange movies, but this one just doesn't hit the mark for me. Feels like it's an in-joke, and I'm not part of the group. I like the sentiment. I've said that about various things in the past. And who was that? That was David from Scriptical. Yeah. Over in Australia. Australia. G'day. G'day. Go check out his podcast, Scriptical. Uh, I think if you write type in Scriptical, it'll be that. It looks at the back of a boy and a girl sitting side by side, if you're looking for the album art. They talk about what-ifs in, oh. in, in filmmaking. Cool. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Moving on. We got Josh next favorite movie who says the best video game movie that's not actually based on a video game. It's weird because Scott isn't exactly a likable character word, but Michael Sarah <laughs> has enough charm to get you on his side anyway. I covered this with Bex from the Potato Lady Reviews podcast. I remember her. <gasps> Potato Lady. Yeah. Uh, so let's see if she can add anything. And I think she did if I click on this. Yes, yeah, she chimes in. Oh, hey, sorry. My life's been chaos for Checks Watch six years. Scott Pilgrim is one of my favorite movies. He gave Michael sarah a chance to demonstrate an emotional range i had not seen from him previously and it was a remarkably faithful adaptation of the graphic novels um mr mikey wood who sometimes goes by sir gives a damn but we know him as fred said oh it's an absolute joy it's just so fun and so bonkers and so silly and there aren't many of those kinds of movies anymore some people don't get it i guess this is you david <laughs> the style or the world it's in what have you and that's fine not everything's for everybody, but it's a blast. Um, Stu from the Stu World Order podcast says, great film. <laughs> Better than great. Was that in caps? Was it? it was. And it felt like a weird <laughs> way. He used the word great twice. I'm like, great <laughs> film. And then went better than it great. sounded like, like Tony the Tiger. Great. Great. And finally, finally, missing hashtag altogether as usual. Step Taylor says. I saw this years ago and recall it being a harmless string of dorky amusements. <laughs> I'm also recall writing to be. Oh, I also recall wishing to be Ramona's next evil ex. If you smell what the step is cooking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do this. Uh, Anthony and Davies, give him an extra win for gift of the week for this. Cause he's even got a cool picture of the rock as the scorpion king laughing along. <laughs> so I smell what the steps cooking. You get a bonus gift of the week win. There we are. So, such is on uh, that. Thanks to everybody who contributed. If you want to get a hold of us, help contribute, look at our, uh, for stuff like this on the Twitter, go ahead, get a hold of us at Best of a Pod on the Twitter. Easiest way to sort of engage with 
us there. Uh, if you like this film or episode, okay, you'll if you like this, you'll like Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, you'll yeah. probably well, man, James doesn't, but I think you probably like Shaun of the I Dead. Mind it. I just it's not my biggest. I'm I think about. you'll probably like Ant Man from the sounds of it. You like Baby Driver. He's got a very distinct style, Edgar Wright. So as a style. result, there are those. If you like this, you probably like Michael Sarah. In which case, go check out Youth and Revolt, Juno. which is on Netflix. Go check out Juno if you haven't seen it already. Go check out Superbad. Yeah. Where he sort of plays these same sort of characters. Um, also, check out Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. That's got a real kind of energy like this, too, of another enigma of a girl who Michael Sarah just follows all over. The girl's Kat Dennings, isn't it? It is Kat Dennings. Yeah. 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 So, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. I remember being, seeing that movie when I was, when music was a more important part of my life than it is now. And it feels bad that I say that, but it <laughs> yeah. just, as you age, I, th- I think, I think it happens. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think the music you're into when you're young, you're, you're d- acquiring your palette. Yeah. And then as you age, you're like, I've got my palette. Yeah. Because in order to make room, it's like, it's like the uh, seven chair challenge or whatever on X Factor. You only have so much time. <laughs> and so to listen to something new means you got to take something you like away from it and put that on the shelf because yeah. you don't have infinite it's like video games you're gonna find that as well ethan you don't have time to play all the video games you want to anymore you got to make that's really specified precious time all i have played for the last three years is animal crossing and i'm just building up like a list <laughs> oh, of games i'm like my girlfriend plays <laughs> i would be remiss james i meant to in the bfe questionnaire as a special james only question what was your favorite match at wrestlemania weekend the uh, triple threat uh, with um the sheamus uh, drew mcintyre yeah. gunther I haven't seen yeah. it yet, so I can't comment on that one. I hear it's very, very good. Yeah, that one was really good. The fav- then, my yeah. favorite one I've seen is the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens uh, tag oh, match. Yeah, yeah. I could have picked that over um, list, though, for you. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big story guy, but yeah, um, I enjoyed Roman versus Cody, and I enjoyed the uh, Bianca Belair. Uh, oh, what's her name? Oh, my word. What's her name? Asuka. Not Asuka. Alexa Bliss. Bianca Belair and Judgment Day. Judgment Day. Oh, Charlotte Flair. Oh, Oh, sorry. No, I got it wrong. It is. You're right. It's Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. I'm 100% wrong. I was surprised how much I I like the second half of it. The first half wasn't very good, and I think Charlotte was stiffener. Um, But yeah. I think people who aren't seeing that, but there's key moments when, when she's trying to cover up, and Charlotte's just beating on her. And not in, like, in story. Like, she's really trying to cover up, and she's being told yeah. no. She's stiffing the heck out of her. Uh, but give it, I'll give it to the two of them. They were clearly going all out to try and prove a point. And uh, good match. Uh, so, um, but those that sounds time for our ratings. Our ratings. Not on wrestling matches, <laughs> but on fights of a different kind. It's Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Where do you have this one out of ten? Let's start with... Our guest of the hour, too sweet to be sour. What you see is what you get, and what you don't is better yet. James the Guzman. Uh, eight and a half evil X's out of ten. Eight and a half evil X's out of ten. Succinct. <laughs> On the other side of that coin, it's not a mad cow, but it's Ethan. What do you got? Uh, I really like this. I think it, like every every positive I've given is like been cons- like said throughout the episode. Uh. It's stylized really well. The acting's great. The pacing is really, really nice. Uh, music's great. I didn't really. I don't think we really spoke about music, but like the score, oh, it's good. Really score's nice. Good. Score's good. Um, so for that, I'm going nine. Uh, 
instances of breaking the vegan police rule at um I call that one, not the vegan police rule, but I call the the, the nine. <laughs> Liam. Okay, I'd never seen this film before, but I'd heard about it many times, and many people have said to me, you're on a podcast and you've not done Scott Pilgrim. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, they they rave about Scott Pilgrim, and I thought... Oh, to be fair, you do work with a guy who sells comic books. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> very true, very true, right? And, and, video, um, and old video games. So Yeah, and video games, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm a collector of video games now, yeah. so... Um, yeah, um, so I... I held off and I held off and I thought, actually, now when you brought it up on the podcast, I thought, yes, this is going to be a good movie. I'm going to love this. It points everything to it. I'm going to love it. Um, I'm not that keen on it. I got lost in it, like, in the, for all the wrong reasons. I didn't really know what was going on for much of it. I appreciate the editing. I appreciate the visual effects. I appreciate um, all the other bits that goes with it. Um, but like David from Scriptical... <laughs> It seemed like an in-joke that I just didn't get. And he was right with that. I didn't. I didn't get it. Um, so for me, I'm going to give it seven. You punched the highlights out of her hair out of ten. That's a good one. Seven, seven, maybe seven highlights punched out of the hair. What did I say? Seven, you punched the highlights out of her hair. Well, she says you punched the highlights yeah, out of her hair. Yeah, that's, like, um, that's, that's a thing. <laughs> so seven... Punched the highlights out of her hair out of ten. Starring Kevin Spacey. <laughs> As John Doe. <laughs> Georgia. Um, I was not expecting to like this film because the only times I've ever seen it advertised are like in places where they also advertise things, other films that I've that seem to be cult things that I haven't liked, like The Matrix and like I don't know, other films. My brain's gone dead. Like The Dark Knight. You like, you like that seems to be very niche to me, but okay. Yeah, yeah, but I just kind of was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to like this. The album art didn't give me much to go off of, like the cover art. So I just, and I didn't, I knew it was a comic, but didn't really know much else. Um, so didn't really know what to expect going, in, going into this, and then watched it. By cover art, do you mean the movie poster? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I do. Sometimes we're um, doing it as a, as a, as a have, one sheet. Word, words have meanings. Yeah. Yep. Um, I no, I wasn't expecting to, to like it. But then I watched it and thought it was really, really good. Um, I really enjoyed the story. enjoyed all the elements. I think it's very, very well made. I think the the acting is done brilliantly and I enjoy all the cameo parts. Um, and it just made me really, really happy. And it takes quite a bit from a film to just make me feel all happy and warm and fuzzy inside. And it did. Um, so I'm going to give this film nine coins knocked out of people out of ten. That's a good one came up with that off the fly is good isn't it <laughs> it's pretty good <laughs> you would have gone for that no no oh, okay. I, I hadn't thought of it i got one oh, okay i cool. think i'm out of one uh <laughs> first time i saw this it's probably a lot closer to liam not in number ready maybe but maybe an expression maybe i felt like i was on the outside of something and maybe i had to watch it a second time without keeping track of what the story was supposed to be or maybe i just appreciated or or maybe i've watched enough stuff that i could appreciate other elements to it so maybe like all the edgar wright is and say me go hey or other things i mean it was as as james brought up it's really interesting to see so many actors who have risen to such positions of prominence Mm -hmm. in hollywood ironically you know 
the two leads are probably the least example of that now. You know, yeah. they probably peaked a little bit earlier than everybody else. Aubrey Plaza and Chris Evans and uh, Brie Larson. Brie Larson, thank you, are probably three of the biggest people in Hollywood <laughs> right now. And it's just watching this next generation up and, you know, fighting and clawing, <laughs> pardon the puns, to get in there. I think it's meticulously crafted. I still think a large part of it's got to be how much into this sort of video game violence kung fu fighting kind of stuff are you into and i'm still you know the part of me it was like john wick yeah i guess it's a big long cutscene. yeah there's still bits of it where i'm like a lot of the storytelling is this and it, i appreciate the skill it just never it never brings me along for the ride that sort of stuff i'd rather watch roddy piper and and, they and, live. and, and what's his name and they live <laughs> yeah. stagger around and just you know ad lib a, a wrestling match in a parking lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for 12 minutes than then some of this really highly choreographed stuff and i love wrestling it's weird in wrestling you put a ring around it i guess there's a difference maybe james will back me up sometimes you can throw two guys in a ring and they can be excellent wrestlers and for some people that's enough just watch people do a really well put together match with no story behind it but for me, I reason I said Sami Zayn and I said Kevin Owens because it was like a like a twelve month story. It was the end of a twelve month story, uh, and the match is the final battle. But there's all sorts of background information you know, and that enhances that. And so that's kind of what I need in my movies: is if you're going to give me something, give me a reason to care, as opposed to being introduced to these characters literally seconds before they're the obstacle. So the only one that really matters, kind of, is J- Jason Schwartzman, and really, it only gets interesting once Knives gets involved in it. And you go, I didn't see this coming. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of shortcomings there, but overall, I think it's a strong one. My gatekeeper for my elite grades is always Back to the Future. Yeah, the first one. And I go, is this better than Back to the Future? And I'm going to go, no, although I don't think it's far off. I think a lot more planning went into this than Back to the oh. You think they did a three-story? And I'm trying to think about future shots and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just, but I still say this isn't this isn't as good a movie as back to the future so i'm going oh my word i've just forgotten my thing oh i got it now i'm gonna give it eight authentic toronto landmarks out of ten that's good thank you so there we go so that's i mean if i look at this 15 29 32 and a half divided by five i got my math wrong there 15 29 15 29 i'm gonna get there 29 37 and a half so that's just over that feels low my math must be off that math's never off 33 41 and a half yes that's better 41 that's over eight it's a score highly over eight. So our B, our, our picks from the BFFs are our highest scoring movies of the year by far. They always are. We've, we've had a really low run when we've, we, well, when Felix has picked them. <laughs> <laughs> and then for the other ones, the, the, the BFFs are way better. Maybe You're enjoying know. being able to hand off, hand off the schedule into Felix, aren't you? It's been, it's been a nice burden to let go yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I can it's see been, the weight lifted. You can see like, t- what's going on in 2023 since he's taken over. It's been a bit, some of the, the, the ratings have been a bit pants. A bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but what do we have for the Patreon? Who is the voice of the people? I predict it's going to be you and Ethan. I think it's going to be nines. Uh, actually, it's James. It's 8.3. 8.3. So oh, almost mm. me. Almost Two nines me. and a seven. Two nines and a seven. So that's an 8.333 recurring. Yes, it is. Yeah. I'm going to give it that. Okay. Just for the least high, the least highs we can have, the better it is for the <laughs> those lists. So there we go. So uh, overall, it's going to come across actually really close to 8.33 overall. Yeah. So uh, for everybody. So that's, uh, that's a really high score this year. And we'll definitely hit some of the things going up as far as that is. Um, I'll tell you who is going up in my estimation. 
estimation. It's James DeGuzman bringing us a second great well film done. onto the pod. Much obligiadoed. Um, Thanks for coming on, man. You're you're a lot of fun. We're getting to know you. Thanks for taking part in the BFE questionnaire. Hope you had fun. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Thanks, thanks for putting me on, guys. Hey, hey, no worries. And sh- sh- should you choose to come back, I will update the BFE questionnaire with with, 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 with round two. We will get to know even more. I really enjoy. You know what? I'm really enjoying these question responses. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Just to find out, like we learned from mm-hmm. Hermes, he's really into his running. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, you know, oh, he, he worked on he worked really? on sprint. No, he worked on sprinting. He worked a long time at running short distances. Yes. <laughs> <It's like laughs> uh, we learned he's more of a cat person than a dog person. Yep. Uh, we learned he likes peanut M Ms. Oh, which I, I think are two and zero. Oh. I bet you Julian will go three and zero. Oh. I bet you we're going to go for a clean sweep. I agree. Yeah. So it'll be interesting some of that stuff, but it's just nice to know people sort of uh, sitch. Yeah. Yeah. So. Before we say goodbye, we're going to thank our Patreon backers. That is Julian. That is Hermes. That is the enigmatic, energetic, and always engaging James DeGuzman. That is Lena Oberholzer. Anthony and Davies, Chris Peterson, Randall, what's your handle? Silva, Dwayne Smith, Dwayne Smith, the Yeetmeister, Reverend Bruce, Nate the Great, Andy Dixon, Holly Callen, Cheesy, with a fish on a bike, Richard, the cool cat himself, Ryan Kukas, and our newest member in the Patreon pool, Ooh. Chris Dykstra. Woo! Hey. So if you want to get involved, like we said, patreon.com slash BFE. Um, if however you want to help support the podcast, you feel that you'd like to, uh, you can go ahead. There are options there. Other options, share the podcast with a friend mm-hmm. just engage with us on the twitter at best film of her pod we love to talk and meet peeps maybe you can pick a better option than felix maybe you can pick better options than felix <laughs> our bffs certainly are so go ahead and check that out over there so all we have to do now is talk about what we're doing next week Ooh. and i think i might invite megs if she's available on for next week okay because we've talked a lot about what if scenarios which meg likes to comment on as a multiverse whenever there's a <laughs> I'm like no i'm just arguing a hypothetical situation next week we watch a movie that hinges all about what if one thing that happened in your life was different and we follow both of those timelines throughout funny. to see how that changes we are looking at things from a from, from a female protagonist perspective you think she's English, but she's really not. Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, Sliding Doors. We're watching Sliding Doors next week. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. I don't know what it's available on. I haven't looked that up yet. But Sliding Doors. So basically, it takes one key plot point and goes, If it, imagine I'm flipping a coin. It's not this. But if it lands heads versus it lands tails, how is my life different? I'm going to make that the key point. I'm just going to go ahead and see. It's whether she catches the train or not, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. There used to be a program back in the 80s called Bread. And there was a guy who was a central character in that TV show. And I'm pretty sure he directed it. Oh, isn't he? I'm uh, not 100% the male sure, I'm lead. Sure. The male lead is the um, Gareth's um, boyfriend who survives him in Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So, John Hannah. John Hannah. That's, I was looking at his name right now, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it is John Hannah. So go ahead and, folks, give that a... A, a watch in preparation for next week. Sliding I doors. Seen that I believe since then it was on Netflix. Like, I think I've seen it once, and it made such an impact on me. Yeah, I, I, and it's celebrating. It's got an anniversary, and I thought, yeah, very good things about it. Because when you you started setting it up, I was like, it's either one or two th- films. It's either sliding doors or it's what if in the uk folks you're gonna have to find a way to watch it because it's not available on any free streaming platforms apologies but i might have on dvd it's worth a watch i will say that much and not a long film if memory serves 
at a... <laughs> but we'll still run long. <laughs> one hour, 39 minutes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Meg's is on, depending, be a six hour depending on, on how dinner with her mom went, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it might be a longer listen. That she'll jump others. forward. We have to keep pulling yeah, her back. Keep pulling her back. <laughs> Especially if there's two timelines. We may sort of rain her in. Jeez. So there is that. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do the walk down. Uh, James, if you want to go ahead and throw your name in after Ethan's, that would be splendid. And you've got the last flippity flip flop. You know that, right? Yep. All right. Let's. Okay. Because we had we had um, friend of the podcast, the Yeetmeister on with me. Uh, that's not as easy as it first looks, Liam. No. No. It's, he had a little bit of a. I think James referred to it earlier as a mouth moment. He had a mouth <laughs> moment of his own at the most important time. For such a time as this, yeah. a moment like this, Kelly Clarkson sang about. Make sure you get the pop in. <laughs> I'm not it throwing away episode. my shot, Hamilton said. You only Don't get one shot, Eminem said. He lifetime. did. Sorry. Let's <laughs> continue. You know what Meg's to help you this week. So <laughs> Next week. <laughs> please join us next week when we talk about sliding doors. We should do two versions of it. One where Meg shows up and one where she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a cool idea. Split those up. Yeah. Four best film ever. I've been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ethan. I've been James. And I've been Georgia. And to quote the immortal Kim Pine, we are the BFE. We are here to review movies, make you feel good and stuff. <laughs> we'll catch you on the flippity flop. The flippity flop. <laughs>